Grey's Anatomy, the most iconic binge-worthy drama, is back, along with answers to the biggest cliffhangers. Will Teddy survive? Will Joe and Link finally find happiness together? Meredith returns along with fan faves like Arizona. You can now stream every episode of Grey's ever on Hulu and new episodes next day. Watch the season premiere of Grey's Anatomy tonight at 9, 8 central on ABC and stream on Hulu. When you guys uh, send super chats before the live stream starts, they do appear, but then they get erased right away as soon as we go live. So I just want to make sure you guys knew because we actually had a really good super chat just now that I thought was the best possible intro for tonight's show. It was a super chat, and I forgot. I think it was from someone named Jordan. It got erased from the from the super chat already. But he said the defense in the Rittenhouse case got to the one yard line and then fumbled. If the jurors agree on provocation, all self defense is out, and theoretically, they could then get Rittenhouse life in prison. They could get him on intentional homicide. Is it all stems from the fact that the prosecution first was able to admit false evidence, computer generated imagery? Not from the night in question, because the defense didn't understand how to explain it was not real evidence. And then they said, if this is in, this splotchy image that was made on a computer makes it look like how Rittenhouse pointed his gun. And the judge said, okay, jury will, the jury will be instructed on the provocation, uh, on potential provocation, which means if they say to the jury by, by raising his weapon, and they're going to say it, they're going to state it as fact. He raised his weapon. Therefore, you can't claim self-defense with or without evidence. They can now just say it. That was a big win for the prosecution. 500 National Guard are on standby being deployed to the to the uh, perimeter of Kenosha because riots are expected. And uh, we, we have an exclusive story. The Daily Mail. We got the emails that were sent to the judge. Death threats, insults. I think the judge cracked. I do. I think he's a good guy, but he gave so much to the prosecution at the last minute. It was shocking. That being said, it seems like for the most part, he got to the edge of throwing out the gun charge against Rittenhouse and then walked it back and said, but we'll give the jury instructions. And based on the jury instructions, they're going to acquit on the gun charge. Unless, I guess, provocation comes in and they just say guilty on all counts. We'll see. We've got a couple good dudes here who are hanging out with us. You guys just introduce yourselves because you're gun dudes and we'll I talk call, about guns. I call dibs first. Uh, so my name is Forrest Cooper. I'm the digital newsroom editor for Recoil Magazine. And so I get to contribute to both our our off-grid and our Recoil publications for online. And they're all four of our magazines for print. We cover gun culture, new stuff coming out. We cover, I mean, everything from censorship, for example. Grand Thumb got uh, kicked off of Instagram a couple days ago. I think it was yesterday, actually. Possibly related to Rittenhouse. We don't know. And that's part of the design. Uh, but yeah, that's who I am. Forrest Cooper, digital newsroom editor. Something that you guys get tonight if you listen to Tim Pool. We've got recoilweb.com slash Tim Pool. Again, recoilweb.com slash Tim Pool yep. for 25% off a annual subscription to Recoil or 25% and or, and or 25% off um, our book of the year 15. Sweet. Well, I had to beat that hat, so <laughs> I, 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 I did nods on the show first. So, <laughs> Okay, well, I guess I'm number two then. Uh, my name is Justin. I'm the CEO of Phoenix Ammunition Company. Uh, we are basically known as uh, mostly Twitter trolls. Occasionally we make ammunition. Uh, we service uh, the competition markets and tactical training communities primarily. So, What are you wearing? These are uh, DT NVG night vision. 
Like the best of the best? Yeah, they're uh, pretty high. Pretty up much there. the best that you can get it before you get to uh, quad tube setups where you've got a larger field of view. That night vision is uh, such a flex. I'm very jealous. <laughs> and if you got, I if you got it, a flex on the pores, it, I mean, if I sell enough T-shirts, I might be able to afford a similar rig. And uh, the T-shirts, of course, sold on the bestpoliticalshirts.com, like the one I'm wearing right now, detailing how we're pretty much um, in Fahrenheit, 451, Brave New World, and 1984, all simultaneously, I think, perfectly describes our dystopian technocratic future that we're all living in. The where, V for where, Vendetta yeah. one, and uh, I, was gonna ask. I, I have this shirt with, with, with three dystopian futures coming together explaining what what's going on, and then I have one with, I believe... 10 or 12 dystopian uh, movies, novels, and books also detailing uh, with, with the more extensive. But the best political shirts dot com, and uh, I think uh, I, I, I think I, I could say I, I, I called it. Hey everybody, uh, the other night um, we learned that following the raid on James O'Keefe and Project Veritas, the, the in all likelihood the FBI is leaking privileged legal communications to the New York Times that the that Project Protest is suing. We, we are in Stasi, Gulag, SS, wherever authoritarian nightmare world you want to live in. We're here. Law enforcement for the federal government is going after journalists for their legally protected private communications. Yeah, great shirt, Luke. Yeah, great I shirt. mean, uh, we're, we're in it. So yep. <laughs> at least we got that going for us. I want to see you dress as a 360-degree model of that, of the Venn diagrams, <laughs> like just a big sphere of... Yeah. You got to put Hunger Games in there, to be honest. And Cockercorn. Oh, you, do, do you? I have do you? Or maybe yeah. like a helmet. I have Hunger like Games. I have Rubik's Cube, right? Um, yeah, yeah. I, got, I got a whole bunch of other Watching stuff. Nancy Pelosi officiate that billionaire's wedding Jeez. with no mask on, oh I was God. just like, Hunger Games. Yeah. Pretty much. These people are. That's Spain without the S. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad you guys are here, and hopefully we will go deep on weapons or guns, I guess you would say. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Definitely. Rittenhouse basically won on that gun charge, so we'll, we'll, we'll talk about that for sure. Yeah, I'm really excited. This is such great timing with you two weapons experts to talk about the Rittenhouse case, so let's get into it. All right. Before we get started, head over to TimCast.com. Become a member, and you'll get access to exclusive members-only segments from the show, and you'll help support our journalists. You'll get an ad-free experience. And don't forget to go to the store and check out our Step on Snack and Find Out shirt, because I'm really excited about that one, because it's like one of the most fun shirts we've ever made. And it's got like a cute little angry snake on it. And I'm, we, we ordered a bunch of samples so we can like, you know, give to friends and everything. I'm really excited for those shirts. So uh, again, become a member. Like this video right now. Smash that like button. Subscribe to the channel. Share the show with your friends. Yo, here we go. Hmm. 500 National Guard troops will be on standby in Wisconsin for Rittenhouse verdict as police forces across America brace for acquittal. Yeah, it, it does seem extremely likely there will be an acquittal. But my friends, we have an update on uh, on uh, today's news. It definitely seems like the prosecution has thrown a Hail Mary pass. Might actually get, they, they could potentially get all counts. You see, the prosecutors were able to introduce fake evidence because the judge didn't get it, because the defense didn't get it. And now the jury will be told that that computer generated images is actually video from the night in question. And I'm just sitting here like, how how did this happen? How did the defense screw this one up? We got Andrew Bronk over at Legal Insurrection says, written, written out trial day nine, prosecution big win on provocation. Lacking any factual rebuttal to self-defense, the state will argue that Kyle Rittenhouse was a provoker with intent, eliminating self-defense privilege under Wisconsin law that cannot be regained by withdrawal from the fight. Now here's where, here's what's important. What you see on the screen, for those that are watching, yeah, tell me what that is. 
No, 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 for real. If you're, if you're watching right now, if you're watching live, if you're, if you're watching on a YouTube clip, that image on the screen, I'd like you to comment and say what it is. Because I'll, what, what's it's a Hunter Biden painting. holding a big yeah. mallet. <laughs> yes. You, what, what, what is it? What do you guys think it is? The guy's holding a sign. I think my favorite comment was it was a sign going through a state of being raptured. Being <laughs> yeah, ra- oh, because it's like, expanding? Yeah. Yeah. All right. Let me explain. <laughs> On the right side is a small image and you can see a sign and you can see some blurry looking people. On the left is the AI enhanced image that you can clearly see is not enhanced at all. Huh. Take a look at the sign. It's got a ghost sign behind it or emerging from it. I don't know what that is. Why? Because a computer attempted to decipher what a larger version or a clearer version would be. And this image is actually nonsense. They introduced this image on the left, which by their own admission was enhanced by an artif- by, by an algorithm, which means a computer generated the image not a sensor capturing light from the day in question. Mm. That is to say, the prosecution was able to admit evidence that they say shows Kyle Rittenhouse pointing a weapon at someone, but it's not real. It is not actually a photo from the night in question. And the judge said, oh, I guess we'll just let the jury decide. Now it's going to happen in closing arguments. The prosecutors will say definitively as a statement of fact, we showed you a video clip and image of Kyle Rittenhouse pointing his gun at these people. So it's no wonder why Rosenbaum attacked him. In fact, Rosenbaum was acting in self-defense, not Kyle Rittenhouse. As a statement of fact, they can now make that claim. And the jury might be like, oh, well, if that's true. The only thing the defense can say is, come on, you couldn't actually see what was in that video. And they'll be like, well, but the prosecutor didn't, is not lying, is he? He's not lying, Surely is he? Not. So I would like to present to all of you my um, algorithmically enhanced image from that night. Yes. This is, uh, uh, as you can see, uh, right here. <laughs> That is Kyle Rittenhouse. You can tell because he's got an angry face and yes. his mouth is a squiggly line. And this thing in his hand, it's not a boomerang. In fact, it's a handgun because he had a handgun. And then these 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 two are the people. And you can clearly see he's pointing his weapon. And they're very sad. Now, I yeah. would like to state definitively, I showed you a picture of Kyle Rittenhouse pointing a gun at people. Technically correct. Well, it was uh, a drawing. No, no, no. It's a, a picture is a drawing. It's as real as the image a drawing of a picture. Right. A drawing is a picture. I can say as a statement of fact, I have a photo. I have a, I have a picture of Kyle Rittenhouse pointing a gun at people. I mean, it's stick figures. I drew it just now in 10 seconds. That's what the prosecution's doing. And they're getting away with it. Yeah. They, they showed a drawing of a picture. That's what that is. That's what it is. Right. A yeah, computer is. drawing of, a, a, I, I got to tell you, what's really amazing is they, they, they kept doing this when the judge was like, okay, I got to decide on instructions. Play the video for me. The prosecutor goes, put it on the 4K screen. And the defense goes, you can't because that will add pixels. And the prosecutor goes, you don't know that. And he goes, it's common sense. And the judge said nothing and sits down and watches. Okay. It's simple. A 4K screen, which I'm pretty sure the screen we have here is 4K, has, you know, what is it? It's it's, it's 4K because it's effectively 4,000 pixels. It's a little bit more than that. Uh, That means when I zoom in, Pixels on the screen in front of us have to be filled in with pixels that don't exist. So this is what they, this is what computer programs do for digital zoom. It guesses what they might be, which is why when you look at the image on the left, the sign has a ghost. Mm. Look, look, no, for real. Like you can see there's a sign and then there's a ghost sign behind it. Like you said, being raptured <laughs> because the computer has no idea. It's guessing. And the judge fell, falls right for it. He just walks right into it and the defense did nothing. And 
Now the jury might just be like, all right, fine, whatever. If he pointed it, then the case is just, it's case closed, isn't it? Fortunately, you don't base a court proceeding off of a blurry picture. If there was more evidence of him pointing guns, video and pictures, then I think this would be this might have some substance. And what the defense has argued and might work is they they wouldn't just say it's a blurry image. What they've said is if that image does show Kyle Rittenhouse pointing a weapon, it's with his left hand, which means yeah. he has to take the weapon off. Flip the strap to his other it. shoulder right. and then change his hands and then point it, which w- would not have yeah, happened. Yeah, it would never happen. I mean, I, I, I would look at that picture and I would have said as the defense, how can you tell me uh, definitively where his face is in that photo? How do you know what direction he's even pointing? And then I would have the, the guy circle what he tells me is the weapon and I would have said, okay – what you're claiming is the rifle in this photo accounts for maybe six or eight pixels of the entire thing. There's no possible way that you can discern what is a rifle and what is the sling. And you can't even tell me whether he's facing uh, toward the camera or away from the camera in right. this photo. So how, how I, I just, it, it blows my mind that, I mean, not, the, not only that, but that line of questioning is for the original, right? Not the enhanced for the enhanced. I would just say is the enhanced image, a photograph from the night in question? Right. And the answer is no. No. And then you say, okay, it's, it's, well, then it's why com- are we it's admitting a com- it? It's a computer. I would actually say the photo on the left, when was that file created? And he'd say last week. And I'd say where? In my crime lab. And I'd say, so it's not It's not an image created on the night in question? No. Your Honor, I, I moved to have this evidence removed from the court as it's not an image from the night in question. Yeah, not to mention, weren't they saying that he was pointing the rifle at Zeminski in that photo? Yeah, but th- but uh, that still is provocation. Um, well, that's right, fine. Right. But then I would say, uh, why don't we have Z- Zeminski here as a complaining witness? Because he endangered him just in the same way He's as being anyone criminally else. charged. Exactly. <laughs> so <laughs> yeah, if, you, if, if you're claiming that he pointed a rifle at this person and that's what provoked the entire attack and this person you know is not there and is not being charged, uh, how can we how can we move forward? I'm going to do this. No sense. I'm going to do this. Ladies and gentlemen, um, what I have before you right here, you can see in this picture, this is ADA Binger. This is um, the the prosecutor Binger pointing a gun at, that's Kyle Rittenhouse. Oh my. I have a picture of the prosecutor in the case pointing a gun at Kyle Rittenhouse. Oh my goodness. That's right. I, mo- right. I move to dismiss as it is an, uh, a drawing of a picture. <laughs> it, is, it's, it is a drawing, but drawings are pictures. That's right. And, 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 and I'm holding it. Uh, uh, for, p- the funny thing is people who listen to this can't see this. So that's kind of the point. When I say I have a picture of the prosecutor pointing a gun at Kyle Rittenhouse, it's literally a stick figure and there's a squiggly line in a circle, like crude on purpose to make my point. So there you go. It is now a statement of fact that Tim Poole has a picture of ADA Binger pointing a gun recklessly, I might add, yeah, at, at the defendant yeah. at Kyle Rittenhouse. With malice. With malice. Yeah, yeah. I'll say this: the picture shows murderous intent. Indeed. Yeah, because you do have squiggly. You do not have squiggly eyebrows, but you definitely have a yelling face. Yes. Yeah. That's why it's a circle. Yeah. Let me let me let me modify it, and I'll put angry eyes. Angry eyebrows. Angry yeah. eyebrows. But and what, a big angry mouth. There. Look, now he's got angry eyebrows. I don't know if you can actually snap, see it. That's malice. Small. School children. That's malice. Uh, <laughs> school children around this country had cops called for them for similar uh, egregious actions. Like yeah. he was committed to yeah. him. Drawing. Just a heads up. Yeah, remember the kid who chewed his pop tart into of a the gun? shape of a gun? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and the cops came. Like, yeah. are yeah. you freaking kidding me? Yeah. But so, like, here's a really good example of what you're dealing with, though, right? So we have false evidence that has been admitted because you have a judge who is trying to retain the regalia of the court. He wants he I think he's coming in good faith. And I think one one of the things that we saw this last week was that the constant interaction between the judge and Binger 
was that the judge was consistently disappointed with his actions. Like he was hoping that Binger was going to come and act as a prosecuting attorney should within the decorum of the court. And so as you saw Binger continuously bring things forward that were either a overtly malicious in the way that he was very manipulative in his conversation. I get it. You're when you're in a court of law and you're arguing your case, you have to become very articulate with what you're saying. But you, there's a difference between trying to make sure that the witness defines something and trying to change what the witness said to say a certain thing. And so now our judge, our judge Schroeder is in a situation where he is mitigating between two people two groups, parties, whatever, two parties, and one of them is at least acting within the court, the rules of the court, and one of them is deliberately not. And he, I think he's in a situation combined with, this is probably the the most important case that judge has ever ruled over in his entire life. He already wants yeah, to end it. Undoubtedly. He's yeah. saying, like, I want to start a new trial on Monday. Let's get it over with. Yeah, this will be the most historical event of his life, whether he knows it or not. Most this likely. Is the reason, I'm, I'm, so I got, I got to Bronca's uh, analysis, his brilliant, brilliant uh, guy. Um, cause I'm reading this and I can see the strategy now of the state. We've been sitting here laughing at the state about how stupid they are, but they've been waiting to the very last moment. And check this out. Bronca says the state will argue this pointing of the rifle did trigger a violent response from Rosenbaum. Rittenhouse then led the provoked Rosenbaum across the parking lot where Kyle ultimately acted on his intent to use Rosenbaum's provoked attack as an excuse to use deadly force. Basically, they're going to argue in that video we showed you, he pointed his gun at him and then acting in self-defense in defense of others, Rosenbaum chased after him. It was Kyle's intent to lead him to an open space to get him away from a crowd where he could kill him. That's intentional homicide. It's unbelievable. And there was no mention of that for the first uh, week and a half of the trial. So the defense is going to have to rely on, you saw him render aid. You heard from one witness, a journalist on the scene who said he was de-escalating violence. Does that narrative really fit? No, I'm pretty sure the the prosecution um, gives their closing argument last, though, don't they? I'm not the one to know. They get the final word? I could be wrong. I think you're right. I'm pretty sure they get the final word. In which case, they're going to be able to craft their narrative around what uh, I think there's a rebuttal it's a half an hour rebuttal yeah so they'll give their argument the defense will then come up and give it and get and get a half an hour I think that's what the judge actually ruled but the, I, I, I ultimately I still think most people who have seen this aren't buying into that and I've seen a, a bunch of progressives now tweeting out like he's going to be acquitted Chris Hayes is, is I think a big one wow. where he said really? yeah Chris Hayes had a monologue and he was like he, he just pausing goes based on what I've seen I think an acquittal, acquittal is, is going to happen in all honesty. And I was like, here, come on. You know, if you've got MSNBC saying he's going to be acquitted, I think he's going to be acquitted. I mean, I'll be honest with you. I've been pretty disappointed with the trial in its entirety just because seeing as how important this case is going to be as a landmark for future use of force, self-defense, uh, you know, people who conceal carry in, in general, I'm very surprised at how ill-prepared I think the defense was to answer a lot of the questions that they brought up, especially as it pertained to like the ammunition choice, uh, the particulars of the weapons, you know, they were talking, you know, using terms like re-rack the slide on an AR-15. They got this female cop up there who's, um, 
you know, just not even using the right terminology. They first they said uh, he should have had hollow points, and then at some point they were trying to insinuate that his FMJ ammo was designed to go through police armor vests. Right, right, and right. You have all these cops up there, and look, you know. I, I can I can talk about my uh, well, let's, let's let's get into it. All, all day long, but like these guys are not firearms experts. Okay, cops are not firearms experts. By Alec Baldwin was talking about how the solution for Hollywood is to have a police officer on set to clear firearms. I'll tell you this: in all the professional, I've done almost 400 hours of professional firearms training. The only two times I've had a loaded gun pointed at my head were by police officers. Hmm. And and well, that's not to you know. Uh, Insinuate they're all bad, but I I don't know if the prosecutor says something stupid. Can the defense object, Your Honor? That's you know stupid. You know what I mean? <laughs> uh, uh, to be fair, though, like I think so. If the prosecutor says something nonsensical, I'm pretty sure that the defense can say objection. You know, false statement or something like that. I don't sure. know because my favorite moment in the entire trial, and you guys as as gun as gun guys are going to love it when he said hollow points are designed to enter the target and explode (laughs) inside. And Kyle just like furls his brother like, I don't think that's right. And the judge goes, do you mean expand? Expand. They don't explode. Like the prosecutor was saying nonsense. He actually, the the prosecution made the argument that because Kyle Rittenhouse was using full metal jacket, uh, he was trying to shoot through people. Sure. Because full metal jacket's designed to go through. And I'm like, where was the defense to cross and say, like that's not true, right? But the problem was Kyle's not an expert. On the they bullet, didn't have a firearms expert. The bullet exploding. I think what happens? The, it goes in and then it the pressure Flats. causes it yeah, to so expand. Hollow open. point bullets usually have a, a hollow cavity in the front of the nose. Why it's called a hollow point? And what happens when it hits a soft target? Uh, it they peel back and they become larger because you, especially with handguns, you have to understand. Uh, we use these terms switches and timers. Okay, so if I shoot you with a handgun. Um, I could shoot you, say, in like center mass in the face or or in the chest, and that's what we would call like a switch, right? Instant, like like Anthony Huber. Okay, he got shot, and two seconds afterward, he dropped to the ground. Why? Because he got hit right in the aorta. Instant loss of blood pressure, and you're you're dead before you hit the floor. Same thing if you get hit in the brain, something like that, right? The we call the brain box. Timers are, you know, if I shoot you three times in uh you know your lower abdomen well you may bleed out but that might take five or ten minutes and in that five or ten minutes you can still kill me during that time period so with pistol ammunition in particular because it has a lot less velocity than rifle ammunition you want that you want the hole to be as large as possible so that they bleed out as quickly as possible rifle ammunition has some other wounding characteristics uh which doesn't require it to be as large per se but the funny thing is 55 grain full metal jacket ammo which is what he was using um that's what the military originally specified in the original M16 rifle, and they chose that specifically because at velocities over approximately 2,600 feet per second, which it would have been at coming out of the barrel of his rifle, they are designed to uh, tumble and fragment very reliably. So could they have passed through Rosenbaum? Potentially, but they didn't pass through Huber because right. there was no exit wound on him they did they worked exactly as designed so this idea that full metal jacket is always designed to pass through somebody is a total misnomer and that that, that to me was I insane. can't believe that they didn't have a ballistics expert up there to explain these the, things the, the defense screwed that up 
they the prosecution. I believe he said it's 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 what did he say it was designed to to yeah, to, to go through pass through. Yeah, and right. and, yes. and and the judge called it a steel jacket. Steel round. jacket, right? Yep, yeah. it's not not, not no. it's copper jacket, right? right. And I was just like, you're right. The defense didn't have a firearms expert. That was that's insane to me because Kyle Rittenhouse could have said in that line of questioning, or they could have brought up an expert, and he could have said the use of hollow point rounds suggest intent to cause more bodily harm. Sure. In fact, right. by a- Kyle Rittenhouse using a full metal jacket, which is much more of a standard basic round for this rifle, it stands to reason if the if the round passed through, it would cause less damage and be less likely to kill. They yep. could have had someone testify that. You could argue that six ways from Sunday, though, yep. because if I, if I, let's just, you, now you have the issue. I use a full metal jacket round that is not as effective when he, in impacting soft tissue, uh, at creating a larger wound cavity. So a full metal jacket round is going to pass, is more likely to pass through. Therefore, I was not interested in killing them, only seriously maiming <laughs> them. Yeah. I mean, the that's, pro- that's the murder charge. It is still a murder charge, but you should, attempted murder. No, 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 I mean, that, that, so, there, there's risk there, right? Uh, what he was trying to say is that if you were if you were preparing for overpenetration, you were being reckless. But the argument could have been, you know, the prosecution suggesting someone else should use hollow points. Hollow points more likely to cause you know tissue damage, right. more likely yes. to kill. I mean, if, if Binger's a prosecuting attorney, he should be disbarred for this level of incompetence. The the, the point is, he was being uh, Rittenhouse is charged with intentional homicide. Mm-hmm. If he said. You know, I, I, it's a, it's a standard round. It's, it's very basic. It doesn't have any kind of added characteristics. We're going through an the, ammo the, shortage. The, 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 the ja- <laughs> right. The, the jacket is simply so that it doesn't put lead deposits in the rifle. In the barrel, right. In the barrel. It's, it's, it's basically just to keep, keep it clean. And, you know, I thought to myself, if I use hollow point or any kind of polymer tip or specialized round, that might actually hurt people more. And I don't want anyone to get seriously hurt. I just want to stop the threat against me. Sure. That, that would, that would call into question the homicide charge. Mm-hmm. They can, he can try and say, well, you're being reckless then. And I'd say, well, actually, like you mentioned, the 223s will tumble around inside, but not expand. So I was actually hoping that, you know, if, if, or I wouldn't say we're hoping, but I was, I was scared in the event if I used a more serious round, I would take someone's life. And I figured to myself, I don't want to do that. So I, I wouldn't. Picture this. You're driving on the open road, taking in the beautiful views this country offers. Then out of nowhere, you hear a noise and your car breaks down. While still frustrating, you feel protected because you have a plan through CarShield. CarShield has helped millions of drivers from having to pay back-breaking car repair costs. All you have to do is call before a breakdown. Plans can pay for expensive repairs on your out-of-warranty car, truck, or SUV. All for CarShield's low monthly rate that never goes up as long as you cover your car. With a plan through CarShield, you get protection on over 5,000 major parts and systems with just a visit to carshield.com slash Carlson. I'm talking big money items like your transmission, engine, electronics, and so much more. CarShield is here to keep you moving forward and make car breakdowns and the repairs that follow just a tiny bump in the road. Go to carshield.com slash Carlson. Protect yourself from the unprecedented rise in costs for parts and repairs. Visit now to save 20%. carshield.com slash Carlson. That's carshield.com slash Carlson. Yeah, and people think that this is just gun people like being pedantic with terminology. You know, we hear that a lot from anti-gun people in particular. Oh, you guys are so caught up in terminology, rifle, pistol, short barrel, etc. And my answer to that is always a couple things. First of all, this is like a common issue that we have to talk about with ammunition in particular. There are people who, uh, that, that's like a myth you see on the internet. Oh, if you, if you're a home reloader and you make your own ammo and it's, uh, higher power than what you would buy off the shelf, you know, if you use that in a self-defense situation, they're going to use that against you and try to paint you as some kind of killer. So you should only use 
uh, I hear this from a lot of firearms instructors that you should you should call your local police department, find out what your local police officers carry, which are almost always going to be a hollow point of some variety, and that's what you should use because then if you get up in court, you can say, "Hey, I shot the guy with the same thing that uh, the Novi Police or the you know whatever police department uses," so I'm in the clear. Did you guys see Gage Grosskreutz say that two two three is a large caliber rifle round? <laughs> yeah, exactly. yeah, yeah, it's just non- it nonsense. A firearms expert to yeah. be like that's not true not true right. it's actually on the smaller end yeah right yeah, yeah uh, the, and, it, and lower uh, um, chamber pressure uh, chamber pressure is you know uh, on par but in terms of the the diameter of the bullet you know and, and the muzzle energy compared to say like 308 winchester right. or 30-06 which you know we were fielding in world war ii i mean that you're talking about almost double the muzzle energy could you imagine it's... Kyle walking around with like a Barrett M82? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, well, yeah, I mean, he'd be ripped. That's right, right. Yeah, now. He'd be huge. When, when, when we went to the range, yep. Forrest actually held it up. Yeah, you know, it's not a easy yeah, shoulder gun to go. What is uh, it, like 70 pounds? And you're trying to like. It's, yeah, not 70. Yeah, it's 40. It's, 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 a, it's a heavy gun. Yeah, yes, it's in the. It's a, without any optics, it's about 30. It's yeah. getting. It's like, I think it was at 27. How close towards you is the is the center of mass on that thing? Not close. It's no. a heavy yeah. bullet. You're it's trying a heavy, to. Yeah. It's a heavy it's a very, bolt. The barrel, you know, especially on large rifles, the barrel is very thick. So that's where the majority of the weight in a firearm is because the barrel has to be able to withstand, especially like long barrel with a, with a 50 BMG. If you look at those under a really high speed camera, 100,000 frames per second, you'll see the barrel wave. Mm. Uh, so they have to be very, very thick and the steel's very heavy. So they're we, almost we, we always should, very we, front we, heavy. We should have actually grabbed some, some rounds to show. Yeah. I wish we did. We, we don't, yeah. have, like, I, I, I literally, sorry. because well, we have got the, some in my car. We have well, the 50 BMG. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> like, no, but, but see, but that, and, and that, this, this, this is the misnomer. So, you know, you'll see, uh, oh, by the way, these are available on our website. Uh, they're Let's serialized. Let's go, Brandon, <laughs> Phoenix Ammunition. Yeah. So, you, you know, go. this is a Fiat, this is a 50 BMG cartridge case. But, you know, the actual projectile itself, and again, with the terminology, like being that this is what I do for a living, I say projectile because, you know, people will commonly refer to as the entire cartridge as a bullet. Uh, but really the bullet is only the thing that comes out. And so, like, I've seen ads from Moms Demand Action where you'll see them uh, showing the whole cartridge, like, coming out of the end of the right, barrel. Right, That's how right. stupid these people There's are. There's a lot of movies. Let's, so, let, let, I, I want to I talk about something else, too. Um, can we first cover up the 556-223 question? Because yeah. We, yeah. We, we, I mean, because I think this is, this is actually much more important. The, the Going back to the uh, Kyle Rittenhouse case, there are multiple things that are going on in this trial that the person who's on trial is actually the American family. Like you and I and every individual person. And the first example of the 556 question, the 223, right? I'm not going to go down to the arguments on what's the difference between 556 and 223. For the re- remainder of this conversation, they're effectively the same thing. There's a, you're talking about years of change and it, long story. The 223 round was designed to be shot out of a 16 or a 20 or 18, 16, 20 inch barrel, a longer barrel so it can build up muzzle velocity. So the things that impact the effectiveness of that round are the load that is used, the projectile that is used, the rifling of the barrel, the length of the barrel. All of these factors go into play where you see where in, or was it maybe 10 years ago, short barreled rifles concepts became super popular. One of the reasons why the Mark 18 has a 10.3 inch barrel is, is because that's about as close as you can get before that bullet, that projectile once fired does not move fast enough to produce what are they called? Hydrostatic. Yeah, hydrostatic shock. Hydrostatic yeah, shock. Wounding. Yep. Yep. Terminal wounding. It's, it, it, you're looking at like, very, very detailed story. So when somebody says that the AR-15 is a deadly, dangerous weapon of war, 
you are they are, com- are simultaneously being met by veterans overseas who complained it that wasn't deadly enough using <laughs> using a yep. five five six rifle with green tip rounds armor piercing yep. language out the door. We're having issues because the guy was on drugs and would shrug it off. Back to well, that, timers and switches. Yeah, that, exactly. that's, that's why they is it, that's why they made the the four fifty eight SOCOM, right? Well, there was, an, there was that's one of the reasons. I mean, they've redesigned uh, the so one of the problems they had in Afghanistan in particular was they chopped. So again, you know, the original M sixteen was designed around a twenty inch barrel, so you're getting thirty two hundred feet per second uh, muzzle velocity. They chopped that down to sixteen inches. And then uh, when you're in Afghanistan, Iraq, you're clearing these very small buildings. They needed to be able to maneuver around corners, so they chopped the barrels down even further. So now muzzle velocity, you're only getting about 2,600 feet per second, and that's right on the line where that bullet is going to not tumble but just pass straight through a target. And so they started to redesign. They went up to uh, a 77-grain round, made the bullet heavier uh, so that it would tumble a little bit faster. They increased the twist rate on the barrel. Uh, they started to play around with, uh, now they have a, a new version, the M855A1. It's got a steel uh, tip at the end, uh, so it helps it to pass through particular barriers. And all these things were tested on what we saw in Afghanistan, in, in the global war on terror as they cut the barrels down. And they saw, yeah, you know, two, two, or 5.56 got a bad reputation for a little while because they were having a lot of pass-throughs. They had designed things to work against people with body armor. They weren't wearing body armor. They weren't tumbling. So they had, you know, the military, unfortunately, is not very good at, like, redesigning the whole thing as a as a package. They cut the barrel down. They forget about the ammunition. They redesign the ammunition. They forget about the rifle. And it takes a long time to get all the way through. Mm-hmm. I think one thing we're, we're, we're learning a lot about, which most of us probably already knew, um, if you're somebody who knows guns and you guys infinitely more than the average person you know all the different reasons for different bullets all the different reasons for different barrel lengths and styles handgun versus rifle heavy barrel versus you know etc and what, what i've come to start you know realizing is in the past few years when i've been buying guns and learning about them when you look at this trial it really exemplifies how the average urban democrat type person thinks all that exists are ar-15s and bullets <laughs> Yeah. They don't realize that, like, you're talking about 223 and 5.56. Five, they can both be fired out of 5.56, five, but a 5.56 five, can't be in a 223, is correct, right? Yeah. Like, well, for it, the most we're part. Bolt a- for, through a bolt action rifle, yes. Yeah. Especially you, would be able to. You, you should not. On, right. a, on a bolt action, the reason why that happens is because bolt action rifles that were chambered in 223 40 years ago do not, cannot handle the chamber pressure of and the 5.56. Five, five, and that yeah. is true of 7.62 and 308. Well, there's a similar Same, issue. Similar. It, right. has, it has a, a lot more. I mean, there are more nuances, but a major nuance of that is because of the years that those bolt action rifles yeah. were popular. So in 2021, I go to a, a gun shop. I have an. Uh, I was buying an M1A, and the guy was. There was an argument over whether or not you should load 308 in, M, in, a, in an M1A because it was designed for 7.62, and they're functionally identical rounds, but the higher chamber pressure could be bad. And some guy's telling me a story about how one gun he saw exploded, and everyone's like, "That never happened." You're lying, and they're arguing about it. <laughs> what, what, the point I'm getting at is, uh, there was I, I got into an argument on Facebook with some guy who was like, "Why do you need an assault rifle or, or whatever?" Yeah. And then I'm like, "You know what? I'm not a, I'm not an expert, but I do know about the weapons I have and why I have them." And so I just explained like th- why the different kind of rounds, why the different kind of shotgun shells or whatever, why the why the different kind of shotgun. And it's like some are better at close range, some are better at medium range. Yep. Some bullets do one thing or another. And the the, the the issue is that 
the world isn't rifle, handgun, and bullet. Right. Which is what most of these establishment gun control type people and, and, and the prosecutor in the Rittenhouse case seem to think. So I want to get into the, the, the perfect example of this. And we were talking about it before the show. Uh, one of the line of questions, one of the questions asked of the prosecutor was, in the moment when Gage Grosskreutz was pointing the gun at Kyle, the prosecutor said, why did you think he was a threat? Rittenhouse says, because he was pointing a gun at me. And the prosecutor says, he's got a gun in his hand, right? Yes, he could have shot you from 40, 50 feet away, but he didn't choose to. Why did you think that was a threat? And Rittenhouse was just like, he was coming at me with a gun. And this is where I was like, they needed that firearms expert to say, in the heat of a moment, with someone like Gage Grosskreutz, who is not a a firearms expert who's trained, the likelihood of him actually hitting a target from 50 feet away while running is slim to none. In the dark. In right. the dark. Yeah. yeah. Which, which, which would mean someone who he had a permit before, it was now invalid, he knows he won't hit the target, so he's closing the distance to guarantee he hit the targets. In fact, that proves he was even more dangerous. Right. If he was trying to shoot from further away, because someone does fire at Kyle Rittenhouse after the fact, you hear the gunshots. Kyle just walks slowly away. Kyle was not threatened by the fact that other people had continued shooting after the fact, probably because he's like, they're nowhere near me. But the prosecutor got that question in and there was no one to rebut it. Well, I mean, it's also tragic because now that Gage is missing a part of his bicep, we're not going to be able to take him to a range and see his effectiveness (laughs) at 40 meters. You know, Gage Grosskreutz, I I tweeted this out. I said, people keep uh, uh, cheering for this Kenosha guy who travels, you know, super far to go to a riot, bring, bringing a gun he's not legally allowed to possess. I don't care if he's claiming he wants to provide medical assistance or be an EMT or whatever. He should not have been there. I'm talking about Gage Grosskreutz, of course, <laughs> not Kyle Rittenhouse, yeah. which is, it's, it's interesting that they keep saying he crossed state lines with a, with a legal gun. And I'm like, Gage Grosskreutz traveled 40 miles with a legal gun. Not that I think guns should be illegal, but sure. in this instance, like statutes. Well, and in, in, in Gage's, I mean, first of all, he's carrying a 40, so obviously doesn't know what he's doing. Um, <laughs> he's on his way to an IDP. 40, like, yeah. Like 40 caliber. 40 oh, Smith and okay. Wesson. Uh, that's a, that's an inside gun joke. Anyway. Why, why, why? nobody uses 40? It's, 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 it's just kind of an overrated caliber. It, it, it had its time and everybody <laughs> kind of jumped on this bandwagon. It's, like 80s but cops, it, it's, right? it's a watered down 10 millimeter because yeah. the, uh, the FBI basically invented 10 millimeter because there was a couple of bad shootouts they were involved in, so they wanted something super, really, really powerful, which 10 millimeter is. But then they found that their agents couldn't handle the recoil, so then they watered it down and created 40 Smith and Wesson, which is the same bullet, a little bit shorter case, less powder. And so for a while, it was more po- powerful than 9 millimeter enough to warrant it. But these days, with modern powder and bullet technology, the the difference in recoil isn't worth the added penetration, the lower magazine capacity, the inability to put two, three rounds in the same hole, uh, the, all those kinds of things. But what I was getting at with Gage is everybody in this country who concealed carries a gun on a daily basis knew that that guy, I mean, he was a liar, obviously, but the minute that that prosecutor said, so, you know, you carry this gun every day, and he said, oh, yeah, wallet, keys, gun, every day I leave the house the same way, and the prosecutor said, do you know if you had one in the chamber that night? And he said, I don't know. Hmm. Okay, everybody knows, right? We can get into the debate about should you carry with one in the chamber or not. Uh, The answer is yes. There is no debate. There is no debate. The answer is yes. I don't care about your Israeli training or whatever. The answer is yes. But the point is, even if you subscribe to the idea that you shouldn't carry one in the chamber, 
you, you at least you know. Everybody right. knows who is at all serious about the fact that they conceal carry and, and uh, having a gun. They know whether they have one in the chamber or when not, you, period. When you so, pick the weapon up, you check. Yeah. When you hand the weapon to somebody else, you check. Then they check. Everybody checks. Everybody knows. And um, the, the other thing, too, is I remember watching this commercial for, like, workplace firearms mounting or whatever. And it was like, I got an ad on Facebook for it. And basically, all of it shows that when they're putting the gun in there, it's actually designed so that you push the gun with your hand to chamber around under your desk. Mm-hmm. Like, what's mm. the point of having a weapon unready to be used? Someone kicks your door in and threatens your life. And you're like, give me a minute to, you know, there we go. All right, we're good. Yeah. And, it, and it is it is funny, too, in the movies, they always... Always rack the rack, slide. Yeah, right. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> always. Speaking of movies always and checking your guns, we have Alec Baldwin. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's... And I mean, uh, really, uh, at this point in time, they should have called Alec Baldwin on the stage to be one of the... Because <laughs> he would have said, yeah, I don't, he, know, he knows what he's talking about. He's a famous Hollywood actor. Alec so, Baldwin pulled point, was handed a firearm, pointed it at somebody, and pulled the trigger, believing that he was so holy of a person he couldn't didn't even have to check. The, uh, I'm I'm sorry, you're incorrect. Oh, okay, you're, you're incorrect. What what year was the movie set to take place in? Do you know? Uh, it's going to be 1984. It was like 1886, 18, 18, uh, 1890s, I believe. Okay, 1880s. Um, revolvers back then. Mm-hmm. Could you just pull the trigger? Well, if they're single action only, no. No. They were right. single action. Single, uh, my, my understanding is that uh, it was a single action 45. Yeah. Okay. The model that he used was a single action. That answers But the think question. about what that means. Not only did he pull a gun and point it, he had to pull the hammer back before <laughs> pulling the trigger. Yeah. So this is like a, a – th- look, I, I, people might think it's nitpicking, but this is literally him making a very deliberate action to be like, not only am I going to – because some might argue that he was just going like, ah, ah, you know, like – thinking he had an empty, you know, cleared cold gun or whatever. No, no, he pulled the hammer back. He was intending for it to go off. Right. Yeah, how that happens. Well, that's why this I've stuff is a lot about it, though. this stuff is really important as I was saying earlier about firearm terminology in particular, uh people people on the other side think that we get too caught up in the details, but the details matter. I mean, when you if you're a gun owner, you almost have to be a paralegal in a sense because I mean, you saw that in um some of the jury instructions they were talking about with Rittenhouse with the gun charge getting basically thrown out. You know, the whole thing came down to was he in possession of a short-barreled rifle or not? Well, if you ask your average person what is a short-barreled rifle, they probably wouldn't be able to tell you, but the difference is, you know, a 16th of an inch. If it's uh 15.9 inches, you end up like Randy Weaver. If it's uh 16 inches, you don't. So like these things matter. You know, we this idea that like firearm laws are are fast and loose is just nonsense. They've, they've painted it to be that way, but you have to know, you know, is the forward grip, uh, too, you know, just a little bit too long? Well, now you've got a, an, an AOW. There's a, there's so, what, what, so much detail involved. There, uh, so this is really important. I want to talk about, uh, Kyle Rittenhouse basically winning on this gun charge, but the judge was not, I guess, strong enough to just say, get it out. Yeah. Because I think as a question of law, the judge literally said, there is an exemption for Kyle Rittenhouse. It exists and I right. can see it. And then he goes, I'll just give the jury the instructions on that one. And it's like, wait, 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 you're, you're the judge. How? Uh, so here's the way I put it. Imagine the law says, if you are standing on the street and you cross the street in the middle of the road without using the crosswalk, you are guilty of jaywalking. And then you're sleeping on a bench and a cop walks over and says, you're under arrest for jaywalking. As a matter of law, you did not jaywalk. Correct. There's no, there's no giving that to a jury. Yeah. 
right? So in this instance, they're going with the affirmative uh, defense of self-defense. And when it comes to the gun charge, there is no affirmative defense of self-defense. Sure. But there is a, you can't charge someone with a crime when they're not uh, subject to that law, when they're specifically carved out. So that being said, there's a provision. First, the law, um, was it like 948.60 or whatever, states, yeah. uh, uh, it's titled, a, a, a person under the age of 18 carrying a deadly weapon. It says, Section 2A, no person under the age of 18 shall carry a deadly weapon. Of course, an AR-15 is a deadly weapon. And then it says in Section 3C, basically, they must also not be in compliance with these two laws. These two, you know, it's like 29504 or something like that. Long story short, it's very easy to understand. They drafted a law that said, if you're under the age of 18, you can't have a deadly weapon. Unless, here are the exceptions. If you are in violation of two different provisions— that you are, uh, one of the provisions is you're hunting and the other is you're under 16. You have to violate both. Why? It's actually really simple. If you are 12 years old and with your dad and he gives you a rifle to go hunting and you are hunting with him, you are not violating the law. If you are 16 and you take your rifle by yourself and carrying it, you are not in violation of the law. If you are under the age of 16, you're now in violation of one of the statutes. And you're not hunting. You're now in violation of both statutes. Mm-hmm. Now the law applies to you. That's specifically what it says. And the judge said, I agree with you, the defense. Uh, I'm just going to instruct the jury to that regard. And it's just like, then if, the, if, if, if you agree, it specifically says this law does not apply to you if you are 16 or, or 17, then why would the jury even have to answer the question? Which goes back to my earlier point on the judge trusts in the system. Like he wants to see the system work out. He wa- he he's coming with good faith. He's believing that the jurors are going to come not under duress. That they are going to understand what he's saying. They are going to be able to understand his what he's speaking about the law, and then they will be able to follow through with it. Like that's this is the, this is the the meta narrative of the problem that you have here with the entire Kyle Rittenhouse case is you have a judge who is coming in good faith being played against by both a media or a apparatus and an overtly malicious prosecutor. Oh yeah. And, and there's, and the, and the question then is there is no, what is the recourse? Like, what do you do about that? Did you see, uh, there was a point where I can't remember which charge it was. I think it was like second degree reckless homicide. The judge looked at this prosecutor and said, if the jury comes back with a verdict on that charge and the defense objects, It'll get overturned. It'll, it'll get reversed. And the prosecutor was like, what? And, he, and the judge was like, I'm telling you, that will get reversed. Like, you will lose if the jury rules on that. It was crazy to hear because the judge was basically saying the jury might actually convict Kyle wrongly, yeah. right. which could happen. And then it made me realize they'd have been way better off with a bench trial. But I guess they didn't know. You, know, you never know if you're going to get a good judge or an ideologue. Sure. In this instance, they actually got a good judge. He's just... Like you were saying, like the decorum, the regalia, he really wants to prove America works, which he can't do. These last few years have not been easy on our economy. And with tax season finally arriving, there will be millions of hardworking people and businesses that could struggle even more due to the IRS working against them and pocketing profits for themselves. 
America First Tax Group can help put an end to your worries. Just one phone call to 800-431-5684, and you'll be in touch with America First Tax Group, a full-service tax company that'll fight the IRS's predatory tactics and put you on the path to financial freedom. Their experts can help you or your business with any tax-related problems you may have, from dealing with your back taxes to granting you access to tax relief and much more. Don't wait. Get in touch with America First Tax Group today by calling 800-431-5684. That's 800-431-5684. Or visit AmericaFirstTaxGroup.com slash Tucker. Again, 800-431-5684 or AmericaFirstTaxGroup.com slash Tucker. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. I think we can actually go down another layer in philosophy here. So I'm going to go put on my be a philosopher hat and talk about how we think about cultures. And so... A false. What what the judge is thinking is that both hit both the prosecution and the defense have the same goal in mind that justice be sought out, right? That both parties, both the defense and the prosecution, are coming to the court. Both of them are looking at something that they believe is called justice, and they want to see justice enacted. The problem is, it's not, that's not the case. They don't both have the same objective. The defense and the judge want to see justice completed. The defense believes that or justice enacted, the defense believes that it would be just for Kyle to be acquitted on a self-defense charge, which is a very important thing if you think that you're a human being. Because what the prosecution wants and what the what the media attached to it, you know, whatever, what the prosecution wants is that if you use force even in self-defense against our ideologues, we have the right to prosecute you. That it is not a combination of this is not a court case. This is a movie script. When Steven Crowder said that this is a landmark moment when Kyle Rittenhouse was breaking down on the screen, which, I, yeah, that was an emotional scenario for a lot of people. Do I like emotional arguments? No, I'm supposed to be the philosopher, the cold calculated whatever. But the issue that comes down to this conversation is that when Kyle Rittenhouse is now on trial being prosecuted by a prosecutor who is overtly lying, deceiving, cheating, you know, playing dirty at the game, you, we now see that no, the prosecutor and the people who are against Kyle Rittenhouse do not want to see justice. They want to see power. They just want a victory. They, they no, yeah, they yeah. just they won't yeah. want a victory. That will be a symbolic victory sure. for them, which says, "Ha!" At any given point where we decide that anything that you do is arbitrarily racist, we can light your city on fire. We can terrorize your civilians. Yeah. We can go after your people. We can colonize your city with our neo-fascist ideology, and then. If you fight back, we are we see ourselves as morally justified at stringing you out in as much pain as possible. I was talking to a leftist friend of mine today who said he was hoping that the state would align on this one and, you know, basically stop the reactionaries. And I was like, what do you, what do you mean reactionary? And he's like, you know, the people that are trying to, to rewind civil rights. And then I was like, oh, you're talking about Antifa and Black Lives Matter. <laughs> and he was like, no, I'm talking about Kyle Rittenhouse. Oh, and I was boy. like, but Kyle Rittenhouse was there helping the, 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 the protesters. And he was like, that's not true. And I was like, there's videos of him giving medical assistance to protesters. So he is literally helping them achieve their goal 
when they're out there protesting. That, that's a fact. Rittenhouse yeah. was helping the rioters. Yep. That's true. And, 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 and I don't think it has a bearing on a self-defense case or him as a case. I think he's a, I think he was, he was, he was a good kid trying to do good because you, it's, it's like when you look at the, you know, I'll throw it to Vosh who makes the Marvel movie comparison about like the good guy puts their gun down. Well, the good guy helps even the bad guys. And Kyle Rittenhouse was there just to help people, be it stop fires, protect businesses and make sure people who got hurt, regardless of who they were, were being, were being cared for. Sure. All right. So I'm going to go put some people in a cattle car. Do you want to help make sure none of them get away? Or, you know, if I sprain my ankle, you help me out too. I'm, you know, mm, mm, mm. Look, look, look. The, the point I'm trying to make is that Kyle Rittenhouse didn't go there as a reactionary. He didn't go there as someone who says, I have to stop Black Lives Matter. He went there as, I want to make sure people are safe. So that could be seen as being revolutionary if he's helping revolutionaries, right? The idea that the leftists perceive this, this the way they perceive Kyle is, it's insane. They didn't watch the trial. They didn't watch any of the videos. They just think that he's far right and hates social justice or whatever. Yeah. Well, there's also an element of the, the, the quote, boogaloo boys or, or you know, uh, people who are part of um, armed groups who are supporters of Black Lives Matter, who came out and said that they're here with the protesters, that they don't like the police, they don't like the government, and they want to stand with the protesters uh, but guard some private businesses. So there is an element of this that, that was there before that was – uh, something that is worth considering and, and not denying. Yeah, so I, I'm from Minneapolis, right? And I live in Minneapolis while Minneapolis is going through the great riots of 2020. So it was a wonderful experience. And what did we see happen? Yes, everyone took to the streets during the day. Was there massive protests? Yes. Were they uh, very large orchestrated pomp and circumstance e- events? Perhaps. You can make your criticism whatever. But when it got dark at night, people did look out they did they wanted to look out for each other to at least some extent and so suddenly this very broad blending of people where some people were out in the streets literally to cause chaos and mayhem their whole purpose was just to find damage burn destroy loot and you know that is still going on in case people keep forgetting but the issue that happened then is you had an entire other support element of people that basically said, here's our solidarity because we think your motive is correct. Stay off my lawn. You don't burn down my house. Don't attack my my business. And it, it got very muddy very quickly. However, there were differences in people who were there to help and there to hurt. I actually had an idea earlier. Um, like you, somewhat in a similar vein, San Francisco and the crime, and they're not prosecuting if if you like steal under a certain amount. And I was like, I'm gonna open a bodega, like a little corner store. Every item costs two thousand dollars, <laughs> but you get one thousand nine hundred ninety five dollars off when purchasing with a credit or debit card. That's a good idea. So now when they come in and start shoveling everything in their bag, it's like that's fifty thousand dollars worth of beans, bro. And he's gonna be like, it's it's just like you know. A couple yeah, cans, ten of cans of beans. Yeah, ten. Tw- well, that would be like twenty-five cans of beans. Or no, see, with, with inflation, it's going to happen yeah. anyway. Yeah, yeah. That's <laughs> yeah, that'll happen anyway, and then they'll arrest you for uh, price gouging, right? Uh, that's, oh, they, but, they do that in Venezuela. That's right. Yep, yep. So, I have but to imagine be honest. a guy like he he grabs one can of beans and runs out. I'm like, that's two thousand dollars. Yeah. It says on it two grand. The, there was something. Just the words two um, grand. Yeah. I, I'm going to go on a bit of a. Anti police. I'm gonna put my Michael Malice hat on oh, for a moment, all right. even though he's still blocked me on Twitter. Oh, he did. Yeah, <laughs> that's a long story. Anyway, um, I'm gonna put my anti police hat on for a minute, and I have to say I've become much more disenfranchised over the last two years than than probably ever before. So there was something kind of sick about seeing those cops 
um, testifying for the prosecution, sitting on the prosecution's side, knowing full well that those guys sat on their hands and didn't do a thing while Kenosha was on fire. And whether you think he should have been there or not, I would argue a 17-year-old kid shouldn't have put himself in that situation. Um, he put himself there because he saw that the supposed adults in the room weren't doing anything. And, you know, as time has gone on, we've seen through the COVID lockdowns that this, you know, people have always argued, well, the cops will be on our side when, you know, whatever the big igloo happens and society collapses, uh, they're all going to rally around us. And I used to think that, I mean, I was maybe like 80% in that camp, and I, I think I'm basically 0% in that camp at this point in time. I mean, I think, they uh, will I think... put you in jail. They will arrest you for carrying a concealed weapon, even though, you know, like there is no such thing as a police officer making, you know, you get pulled over for being 10 miles over the speed limit, and they can let you off with a warning. If they pull you over in New Jersey for having a loaded handgun, you're not getting let go under any circumstances. It's just never going to happen. And so, like, at some point, we have to look at this and say, um, you guys are willing to overlook the guy who had a joint in his ashtray, but you're not willing to overlook something that is a constitutionally protected right. Who do we need to start holding responsible for this? I'm sorry. I'm not going to donate to your benevolent police fund. I'm not going to answer the call from the fraternal order of police it's anymore. Uh, sorry, but guess what? You know, we supply to sit to the citizenry, to the American people. And just because you're a police officer doesn't mean that I should go out of my way to make sure that I cater to your whims because you guys certainly aren't doing us any favors. I'll, I'll tell you why I've been much more on the abolish the police train. Um, in a grander scale, I understand the federal law enforcement is very different from local law enforcement. But wow, watching what happened to James O'Keefe should yeah. be that that is a red flag that you can see from space. It's so big. But let's get real and talk about local local police. We have Kenosha. What did they say? They screamed at Kyle Rittenhouse when he tried turning himself in. They didn't. They pepper sprayed him. Pepper sprayed him. They pepper sprayed him. (laughs) Did they stop the rioting? No. Could they have? Yes. They didn't do it. In Chicago, in New York, in all these places, they don't actually stop these criminals for the most part. But hold hold on. So what do we end up seeing? The story out of New Jersey that I love to tell, a woman who lived in Philadelphia where she's legally allowed to carry a weapon was driving to go gambling in Atlantic City. And she made the mistake of not realizing New Jersey is probably the strictest gun control state. She crosses the bridge. On, there's, there's a straight highway that goes straight from the bridge from Philadelphia in, uh, to Atlantic City. It's like a 45-minute drive. It's very close. And she gets pulled over and politely and respectfully says, Officer, I, am, I, I do have my weapon and my permit with me. And he goes, okay, you're under arrest, felony charge. Yep. This cop was like, yes, I got a middle-aged woman. and She's going to prison, even though she was complying. She was informing me. She was being nice. He could have just said, ma'am, in New Jersey, you're not allowed to have this weapon. Yeah, we I'm going to escort you yeah, back yeah, to the bridge and you send you home. Yeah. No, this cop was gleefully willing to bash her face in and send her to prison. And she only got, she only ended up getting cleared on this one. I don't know the full story, but I was, I was told this at a gun shop. The NRA intervened yeah. and went ballistic with lawsuit threats in the city. And the state was just like, get her out of here. It, we don't it actually this. happens all the time. People, yeah. uh, I've, I've heard of situations where people got their flights, uh, rerouted and they had to land in New York, for example. And it's like, well, uh, I have to stay here overnight. I've got firearms in my checked luggage. 
Uh, I'm not going to leave it here at the airport. I mean, I had Delta leave a bag of mine with four firearms in it unattended for about four hours in San Antonio last weekend. So, but if I leave, if I leave the airport in New York with these firearms and I go check in my hotel, now I'm a felon. Did, did you hear? Or what, am I? Did Me you, too. I was flying from <laughs> Minnesota to 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 Arizona and they lost my box. Did yeah. you hear what the prosecutor said to Rittenhouse? Not their problem. I mean, right. I have he it said, now. "Why yeah. didn't you leave your gun? Why didn't you yeah, take he, it?" Yeah, off? he wanted to leave it at the gas station. Just right. put it on just the ground. Put it on the and ground. Let someone come yeah, in. Walk Are you nuts? Away? Yeah, just so, a complete so idiot. I, I knew a guy who was from California and he was moving to New York and he had two long guns and like two handguns in his trunk and he drove through Illinois and you've got a federal protection. When you're driving, yep. when you're Firearm moving. Firearm Owners Protection Act. Didn't right. matter. Yep. He, he became a permanent resident, of, a permanent resident of Illinois because he got pulled over. They, he said, uh, you know, I'm moving. I've got my weapons in the trunk. And they said, I don't care what you're doing. I don't believe you. What you right. say is irrelevant to the fact that I've caught you with illegal firearms in Illinois. And then they arrested him. He went straight to prison. No bail. He went straight to jail. No bail. And when, when it, it, this is not a guy of means, he was not a guy who had who had the money to, to to file the claims and get the right lawyers. And he basically got four years. He ended up doing like one year in prison with like three years of probation, which meant you are now a permanent resident of Illinois. His whole life was destroyed. Wow. Yeah. yeah, I had I had lawyers tell me if you are carrying firearms in your car, store it correctly. And if you get pulled over and if even if you're in a state where you have to tell them you have a firearm, if you have it stored correctly, I had lawyers tell me you don't have to say anything. You don't have to tell them anything. I had other lawyers tell me if if I'm flying, I get redirected to New York, which has happened to some people. Just leave the gun there. Don't pick it up because there's police officers literally waiting there, looking, waiting for you to touch the bag. And as soon as you do, that's you getting possession of the firearm. And that's some serious charges in in New York. So, So just just real quick. How am I, and, and, and shout out to Michael Malice for making this argument initially and then having me just more and more go off on this, this one seed. He planted it as anarchist seed in my mind. In New York City, where, where, where they, they ban you from legally having, the, you know, your, your, your constitutional rights have been subverted in this state, in New Jersey, in Maryland, where they do it over and over again. And I can tolerate to a certain degree legal arguments where we're going through this. What I can't tolerate is that they have evidence that Gage Grosskreutz was committing crimes. And I'm, yeah. t- I'm not just talking about the gun. Yeah. I'm just, I'm just saying that they know this guy is a violent rioter. They know what he's doing. And he won't get charged. So, so, so let me just hold on a minute. I don't want him to get arrested and charged for concealing and carrying a weapon. I believe Wisconsin should have constitutional care. I believe constitutional care should be nationwide. But you can see who's exempt from the law. That's yeah, selective you can, prosecution. You can see right. that a middle-aged, there, there was another story out of Illinois. A woman from Tennessee, she was in her 60s. She had a snub nose revolver of some type, probably, uh, uh, I don't know, not, uh, a 38 or something. 38, right. She goes to, to Chicago for vacation. And she has it in her purse concealed because she has a concealed carry. And she went to what is now known as Willis Tower, but we call it the Sears Tower. And when she was going up to the observation deck, she said, I do, I do have my weapon with me. Should I leave it here? And they said, Oh, no problem, man. Turn, turn around. Chance behind your back. And she ended up getting, going to prison. She ended up getting, uh, this was a, a, like, I guess it was like a decently high profile gun case in Illinois. She got, she, she got like four years, I think. So when, when you see Gage Grosskreutz, violating guns, gun laws and they say 
we're not going to execute a search warrant against you, and you're yeah, good on this We're not even going to check his phone when yeah, we have a, a, we, we we had had a warrant, warrant you had a to warrant. check your phone. But, right. but no, don't, don't even but look the, but, but the he, old lady, yeah. the old lady, you're getting locked up. He yeah. was just on Good Morning America. His first interview <laughs> yes. was literally on one of the America's uh, morning news channels. Mm-hmm. And, of course, he didn't get questioned. Of course, there wasn't any kind of legitimate uh, cross-examining or even just conversations about another side. Wait, wait, wait. Just, uh, let me just yeah. – Strahan actually said – you can say whatever you want to say here. <laughs> if, and then he if, just was like, okay, I'll lie. If, if yeah. Kyle is acquitted, he's going to become very wealthy very fast. I yeah. sure hope so. I mean, the, the selective prosecution, you know, I, I've, I made a speech about this a couple of months ago at a, a two-way rally up in Michigan. I said, you know, unfortunately, uh, it was in front of a crowd of, you know, a lot of the sort of boomer types. And I said, uh, you know, you guys probably aren't, in the same line of thinking as the people who want to legalize marijuana in, uh, in, you know, across the country federally, but, and you, and you may make fun of them as a bunch of stoners and losers and what have you, but those guys have done more in the last 20 years for the legalization of marijuana than any of you guys have done for the proliferation of gun rights. And do you know why they did it? Because they were willing to go to jail. You know, these guys back in the eighties and nineties that were, you know, growing their own pot and doing it brazenly, a lot of them went to jail. And as a result, uh, now it's legal in how many? 25-something states? H- how many states is it legal to own your own suppressor without having to uh, get a tax stamp from the Zero. NFA? Texas, well, let me, Texas let me, temporarily, so right? At, at, well, what, let me, at what point are we going to go through the same nullification process that right now marijuana owned kyle uh, rittenhouse's defense should already be filing a civil rights suit saying his right to keep and bear arms has been infringed correct he's 17 where's the where's the nra on this where's the fpc where's uh i I love the fpc nra in a lot well right obviously i mean i you know i i say that jokingly because you know i i know that better than probably anybody the nra is nowhere to be found but you know gun owners of america none of them took a prominent stand in this nobody did if i I believe if um he i think the jury is going to acquit on the gun charge because the, the, the judge said he's going to give the defense's instructions as they wanted them to the jury, which means it, they will read the portion where it says this law does not apply to you. And the judge actually even said the state has not met its burden of proving that Kyle Rittenhouse was under the age of 16. So I'll give that to the jury. He's passing the buck a little bit. I can respect it because he wants the jury to, to, to do it, to, right. to prove it. However, if he does get convicted on it, they immediately need to file a, a civil rights suit and say, convicting him on his keeping and bearing arms violates Second Amendment. Second Amendment does not have an age limit on it. I agree. And that'll be really interesting because imagine what happens if that goes to the Supreme Court and the Supreme Court says, you know, the Second Amendment doesn't say how old you have to be and then all of a sudden seven-year-olds can possess firearms. Isn't the Supreme Court hearing a case right now regarding New York State versus regarding New York State pistol and rifle? Yeah, it's the May May issue. It's the comically not issue, but May issue. They're they're dealing with that one. Can you explain that, what that means to people who might not understand? May issues versus shall issues? Yeah, so what the lawsuit is. Basically, the law suit is about in 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 some states so i i'm a resident of michigan so in michigan if you apply for a concealed pistol license so long as you do 
the required training, uh, which is a you know eight hour class, you you which costs about a hundred dollars. You pay the hundred dollar application fee, unless you are you know a convicted felon. Uh, they have to give you that concealed pistol license. You don't have to give them a reason to have one in New York and in California and Maryland, a couple New of Jersey. Maryland, New Jersey. You have to give them a specific reason why you want to carry a firearm. And in, in all of those states, it says specifically on the application that self-defense is not a reason to have uh, a concealed pistol license. So you either have to be somebody who's dealing with like cash in transit, you uh, own a jewelry store, or uh, most most of the time you're just a famous politician. Nepotism. You know you know who to pay, yeah. and that's how people end up getting concealed pistol licenses in those areas. And so, you know, why have it at all at that point in time? Ex- except it's, it's New Jersey. Pointless. New, New Jersey is uh, laughably known as if you go to Wikipedia and look at concealed carry states. You'll see the May, the shall issue and the may issue, and then New Jersey is red. It says may issue parentheses in practice effectively no, no issue. Yeah, it says in right, practice exactly. no issue. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. I mean, that's that's a very important distinction because at the beginning, in a shall issue state, unless you have something that has been by due process concerned considered you not allowed to own a firearm, not allowed to carry a firearm, then you can carry it. In other words, as long as you have nothing, the as long as you do not have specific items, mental health issues, which are they have to be pretty far down to, to be that clear. But then, um, unless you have something, sorry, unless you have something that removes your ability, negates your ability to own a firearm, you, the the state is required to give it to you. The other opportunity is effectively you have to go to your overlords and say, "I'm a good little boy." Yeah, pl- pretty I, please. I, I want you guys to look up at the screen. I want everyone to see this because. This is awesome. Yeah. What this map shows is that there, as of 2021, the green states are called constitutional carry. What does that mean? What does constitutional carry? Don't mean? need anything. You no don't permit. Need yeah. anything. The Constitution the is your is permit. Is my permit, and that right. has been growing within the last has few been. years. We yeah. have to. Well, admit, this this wasn't the case. That's why I want everyone to look at this map of 2021, and now I want you to look at this map from 1986. In 1986. There, uh, you can see it's unrestricted only New Hampshire. Is that, is that Vermont or New Hampshire? That's, that's, that's Vermont and Green. Vermont. Bl- uh, like the v- look at this. Look at this. May issue states are disappearing. No issue states were everywhere. As time goes on, yeah. gun rights have been winning. Yeah. So again, Statewide. look at, you know, you can look at how it changes over time. How in 1986, I don't know where this map is going to end. In 19, look at it. Unrestricted is popping up. This is constitutional yeah. carry. Look at all wow. of these, oh, all of these nice. states. Saying, as per the Constitution, you can keep and bear arms, no what, questions asked. What was asked. that state that did it and then changed Look at that. three years? Boom. Look at like 2016 yeah. again. There was a state Look that became constitutional carry and then 1986. And Look at all this no issue. You, yeah, they would not no give you a weapon. All. Right. And now, right here. Look at that. Almost, in, it's a lot of states still major urban centers. I love this. This is what you got to see. Yeah, where all the crime is. <laughs> Look at Hawaii. It says May issue parentheses no, no issue, issue in practice. practice. And there's right. New Jersey and New York City. Yep. In, New, in New York City, parts of California and parts of New York State, it is no issue in practice. That is unconstitutional. Hundred percent. Yeah, the criminals have guns, and of course, people are left defenseless. As you know, women who have crazy spouses uh, who go through spousal abuse can't defend themselves. Uh, victims uh, are just you know told to not defend themselves and call the police and wait maybe five minutes, maybe ten, maybe fifteen, maybe even thirty. Who just, knows just how long? Look at Texas. 
That's new. Yeah. yeah and yeah. I mean, you know, if we compared this to a map that showed legalization of marijuana, of course, all of them would be read at the federal level. But, oh. you know, so then in parentheses, we would we would say legalization allowed in practice because no police officer in his right mind is going to enforce federal law in a state where where it's allowed. So. You know, like gun control. Is I, I go, I go, I go right back to gun control is losing, yeah. but it for it to continue to lose, uh, we at some point police are going to have to be complicit in that. Absolutely, they're going to have to turn a blind eye, it, well, and, and, and people, we we well, have well, to well, we have to start uh, expecting them to do that and not begging them to do that. So, so here's the issue: uh, there are many two way sanctuaries that have popped up all over the place, particularly where we are right now. So we do the show out of Maryland which has strict and crazy gun laws, get a cop, you know, like a state trooper or a local deputy and sheriff and ask them about it. And they're going to be like, not in my town. And it's kind of, I don't try, I, look, with all due respect, I actually think we've got some pretty decent cops in these areas because, you know, Western Maryland is, yeah. is, 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 it's MAGA country, whatever you want to call it. Sure. And the cops are all pretty good. I'm not going to trust yeah. a state with political, you know, issues to actually uphold their Second Amendment sanctuary, but they have affirmed that. That being said, our works workspace is here in Maryland, but I actually live in West Virginia, and so I keep everything out of this state. Yeah, for the most yeah. Part. and the feds play by a different set of rules. But but to kind of add to your point, throughout human history, soldiers, police, ninety nine point nine percent of the time follow orders. The problem is a lot of the people giving out orders right now are corrupt. They're 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 rotten to the core. And if you look at just uh, a few months ago, the police were told break down grandma's door of her small business, shut her down. Yeah, they did it. Exactly. Police officers were told stand down when people are rioting destroying grandma's business they uh, did it the the police were told hey go after this journalist because he's reporting on stuff that we don't like they just did that with james o'keefe so uh we are seeing things get out of hand um i i know there's you know this concept of of a rotten apple but 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 again when we look at the larger kind of po- policing around the united states it has failed the american people yeah i wouldn't but even say it's let, rotten apple it's just more it's uh it's Honestly, it's people a, cowards. It's people who yeah. are they are just going to comply from from, yeah. from a from a position of virtue. Do you do, is that is the Second Amendment something so cheap that you would rely on? Some, you would expect somebody else to uphold it for you? Never. That's the problem. Yeah, I wouldn't. It, I don't leave it in the hands of the cops. I trust that the the police will honor my Second Amendment. But at the end of the day, I do not leave them with that ultimate decision. Sure. Shipping can make or break a sale, so optimize how you ship your orders with ShipStation. They make it easy to automate and manage orders no matter how big your business grows. And they might even be able to help reduce shipping and warehouse costs. So optimize and keep up your momentum for growth with ShipStation. Sign up for your free 60-day trial now at ShipStation.com and use the code P-O-D. That's ShipStation.com with the code P-O-D. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Take, uh, take, take a look at this story. I pulled this up. It's from 2018. It's a very famous story. Is this, uh, Maryland's red flag law turns deadly. Officer kills man who refused to turn in gun. Happened in Colorado, too. A 61-year-old man is dead after he was shot by an officer trying to enforce Maryland's new red flag law in Ferndale Monday morning. 
Anne Arundel County Police confirmed the police-involved shooting happened on the 100 block of Linwood Avenue at 517 a.m. According to police, two, two officers serving a new extreme risk protective order, a Maryland protective order to remove guns from a household, shot and killed the man listed on the order. The man was identified as Gary J. Willis. Officials said Willis answered the door while holding a handgun, which is legally allowed to do. Willis then placed the gun next to the door. When officers began to serve him the order, Willis became irate and grabbed his gun. One of the officers tried to take the gun from Willis, but instead Willis fired the gun. The second officer fired the gun, striking Willis. He died at the scene. So why were they trying to, by, by what due process standard were they seizing his weapons? Was he given notice? No. Was he was he allowed to then challenge in court the seizure of his weapons? That is not due process. They showed up to a guy's house claiming we get your guns. And he's like, what? And this is what you get. I don't know how a person should act and what, but, but I'll tell you this. This is what happens when people coming to your house say they're seizing your weapons and you don't know what's going on because you are not served in advance. Yeah, this also happened with Duncan Lemp Duncan in, Lemp, Maryland, exactly. in Maryland yeah. as well. Uh, I don't know. You guys probably know more about that story yeah. than a lot of other people. My understanding is that I don't know if it was this story. It may have been this one that like a sister-in-law falsely accused him of mental defect so that sure. the police would come and seize his weapons. I, 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 this is one of them where I've heard a lot about the story, but unfortunately, from a position of where I'm at, I can't verify any of it. It's all for me at this point hearsay. From, from, for where I'm at, not, yeah. I don't, I, from what I'm looking at, I can say, I can tell you ethically what the problems are. You would not make a good CNN reporter. Uh, <laughs> no, no. <laughs> Based on those actions. I mean, uh, my application, I guess, is still on their desk, but. You just gotta make it up. CNN. Come on. Be like, if you wanna oh. be like CNN, just make it up. No. Uh, I'm sorry. If you want to be like CNN, you got to crank it on a Zoom meeting with oh, a bunch gosh. of your coworkers. <laughs> yeah, Because exactly. they, they yeah. kept that guy on Yeah, him, him saying that oh. uh, Kyle Rittenhouse is an idiot. And he's, uh, yeah. CNN also just, one out on CNN. They also just reported that the judge made inappropriate Asian food jokes. Oh, my God. Uh, Unbelievable. So the judge in the Rittenhouse case said, I hope our Asian food isn't on in Long Beach Port. He was making a joke about food coming yep. from Asia, yeah. not about something being wrong about with the Asian shortages. Food. But a right. Columbia professor just came out and said that it was racist stereotypes. Of course. Right? Because that, he was joking about the supply chains? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, no, that, uh-huh. that professor, what is their, what are they a professor of? If it's anything important, she should Sociology, be, probably. Probably should be fired. I mean, fe- Fe- feminist dance. Yeah, feminist yeah, dance theory. I mean, dance, yeah, dance. Art, art of dance, yeah. <laughs> but, hey, uh, and, uh, um, what is it? Uh, Anti cis heteronormative patriarchal dance theory. Asian yeah. American studies. I use, uh, I use of course. Yeah. Yeah, I of use course. big words. I don't use big words like that. Yeah. Is the is the professor Asian? Uh, I'm trying to find out her name. It's cultural right appropriation, if not. Yeah, if I, I, I'm going to mispronounce Ooh. it, and then people are going to attack me. <laughs> well, well, I don't want. I don't want that. Well, here's how it works. If the professor is more Asian than I am, I can't comment. <laughs> but if it turns out I'm more Asian than because I'm, I'm only then you're a, allowed. I'm only part are Asian. we going to go? Then are, I'm allowed. To we, I don't know. Are, are you we, guys could but, be related. But no, she's more. Asian. <laughs> Tim, <laughs> Tim, are we doing it by blood quantum or are we doing it by heritage? <laughs> That's right. We so, need a 23 uh, and me immediately. I, I'm pretty sure. I think it's College Humor. They did a really funny bit where there's a panel of a full Asian, a half Asian, and a quarter Asian. And then people of varying Asian, like, uh, mixed race are asking if they're allowed to engage in certain behaviors. And oh my so God. it's, it was actually really, really funny. It was a really good bit. And, and, and I think we need more stuff like this because, like, we're allowed to make jokes about race. We're not, it's not racist for college humor to have Asian people talking about what is offensive or not and joking about it. And a guy walks in and he's like, I'm one sixteenth Asian and I'm a big fan of anime. And they're like, no, get out. <laughs> but then, um, 
it ends with uh, uh, a panel of black people the same way, full black, half black, quarter black. And a guy walks in and he goes, I'm pretty sure my great great grandfather was black. And they're like, you're good. All good. All good. Yeah. You know, but, but it, it, I think it's cool that, you know, uh, they did a bit where they're making a point about the weird behaviors when it comes to offense culture and like race and all that stuff. Like that, that's why I'm making this joke. Like it, it, it literally works that way for the woke people. Sure. If, if a white person makes a comment about Asian people, I can say, well, listen here, I'm Asian, therefore. But if someone who's more Asian than me says it, they're like, well, you're, you're too white. So, you know, if they put all that effort into going into mathematics to even determine the, like, what is the possible <laughs> measurement? Maybe we could have a colony on the moon specifically for them on the dark side where it gets really cold and nothing else. It, that's one of the things I really like about the gun community in particular is that it, uh, you know what? Whatever the left portrays about it, it's it's one of the more diverse places that I've actually been in in the last you know ten or fifteen years, and usually the stories I hear from people who aren't from the U.S. are the most powerful. So, like three quick examples: a good friend of mine, Ming, his family, his family's from China. Uh, he uh, they came over here. He works in the firearms industry. One of the best competitive shooters that I personally know. And he talks all the time about how, yeah, you know, like I literally couldn't do what I do here in China. Like we, this right does not exist. Um, a couple of people I met down in Miami, uh, they've got a podcast called Locked and Loaded Latinos. And uh, uh, Rolo and his wife, I, I want to say either he is from Cuba or she is from Cuba. Their parents were uh, same thing. You know, we came here like we're we're so happy to have this right. Like we truly understand it, and we're willing to fight for it to the death. I trained with a uh, uh, UK special forces operator the last couple of weekends, and he left his family, he left his career in the UK special forces to move to this country. And he said, you know, in the UK, you can't you can't even walk around with a pocket knife. Yep. Like you, you can be arrested right. for spitting on the sidewalk. You can be arrested for carrying a screwdriver. Yep. Like this is crazy. I mean, and we, we ripped on him the whole weekend. It's like, yeah, bro, we, we, you know, we, we beat your ass back in 1776. We're, we're happy to have you back. And there, he's like, I'm happy to be back. It there was, was a, great. Uh, there was like, I think he was a, co- a construction worker, and he had tools, and one of the tools was a knife, and he got criminally charged. Yeah. And he it's, was like, he like crazy. tried explaining to the officer, but like, I'm, I'm working. It's, it's in my tool bag. And they're like, doesn't yeah. matter. Doesn't matter. Law says you yeah. got a license for that knife. And he was like, I'm licensed construction worker. Uh, uh-uh. uh. That's one of the main arrests for people in Times Square because a lot of people go there as tourists. A lot of people have pocket knives, don't even yeah. know it from middle America. They use it for tools. They use it for yeah. construction. Times Square, that's the number one arrest that happens, um, in that region is, um, you know, people with class whatever weapons on yeah. them and it's random people not knowing that they're I mean I, I carry their, a pocket knife cloth. I don't have one today cuz I was on an airplane but I mean I have one in my pocket literally everywhere I go Bro. and the funny thing is every time I fly with firearms Delta puts a zip tie around my locked firearms case for whatever reason and that's the most annoying thing is I get to the hotel and it's like I got to cut the zip tie off here but my knife is in the Pelican case because I can't carry it on the plane. I'm like the last guy that you'd ever need to worry about but it's you can't so carry, stupid. You can't carry nail clippers into the nope. airport. Did, nail clippers. Yeah. Did, did, but you can carry a uh, set of knitting needles that are this ah, that, that you could like literally stab through somebody's chest if you wanted. It's, I mean, it's all. It, it's it's, all. it's you ridiculous. Can, you can carry, you can carry a, a green you know, metal straw. You can carry a metal straw for your yeah. save the world. There was, there was a uh, there was a guy who needs, I, needs I a did. A, <laughs> there, there was a guy I did a, a mini doc with uh, over at Vice with. Um, he did a project 
I forgot what he called it, but he went into the airport to see what was inside the airport that could be weaponized. Oh, yeah. And uh, I'm not going to go into the great details about it, but he was able to basically go above and beyond in terms oh, yeah. of... Uh- I did a I, class I wanna, with Ed Calderon. He did the, he's done the exact same thing with TSA. What you can purchase past the TSA check. Let me, let me, yeah. let me just tell you, they sell lithium inside of, uh, airports. Sure. Lithium is, it's, a, it's an alkaline metal, I believe, right? It's alkaline. Yeah. Uh, when, when water touches it, it is an exothermic reaction, which is, I'm not going to go into great detail about what he did. You can actually watch the videos on YouTube, but when you have lithium and water, which is easily available in airports, like dangerous things can happen. So he, like basically he did this, uh, a project to explain that a lot of what they're saying you can't have in airports, you can buy worse things inside of them. Right. And that's what people need to be aware about if they want to take the security stuff seriously. Well, it's not serious. I mean, it's no, just, it's, it's theater. What you know, they let through and what they don't. I, I think mean, they banned liquid so they can sell more soda. Mm-hmm. Sure. Yeah. Probably. Yeah. I'm being somewhat facetious, but like that's the end result. You get there and you go, I got to throw my water away. You walk 10 feet and you buy a new water. Yeah, for $5. Yeah, right. <laughs> Lithium is an alkali metal. Alkali not metal, to be confused sorry. with alkaline earth metals. Those I are stand corrected. I knew I was getting that wrong. Interesting stuff. Close enough. Yeah, but it's like, like, like sodium. You splash water on it. Yes. And then I, I yeah. think what, I think what it does is it instantly bonds with hydrogen, and which heat and all sodium stuff. potassium. It didn't like every high school kid do that in their. I right. mean, that's what our chemistry teacher did. That first day, you know, yeah, they take like a piece of sodium in the fish tank and blow it up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It, right. <laughs> it's it's fun science science fair stuff, but you know all the security stuff. It, it's 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 theater, and I I take a look at a lot of these you know like the red flag stuff in a lot of these cities and everything, and it's all theater as well. Democrats come out and say guns are scary. That's why they specifically say an assault weapon. And then they show you like a Ruger 1022 with like a pistol grip and they yeah. make it, make everyone think it's different from like, you know, rifle grip or whatever. And, and that's same an exact gun. I mean, that's a very important point too, because you're coming from, I, t- when the first time you brought me on the show, I gave the story of the kids in college where the, the summary of their knowledge and experience on firearms, firearms ownership, buying a gun, anything like that was a seven minute Vox video that was factually false and also inferred, inferred false things. It was, they watched seven minutes of lies and then suddenly thought that they had, they deserved to have an opinion on guns. Right. Right. Okay. So that's where we have a cultural problem because we were talking just a minute ago about how the second amendment is actually winning the culture war some ways through objective means like more states are becoming constitutional carry or firearm sale is going up. These are good things. But then there are other things that are quite, that some people would say questionable, like, well, more, uh, Ideologically led f- people, but the, the far left are into guns now because they yep. want to have their communist revolution. <laughs> dangerous, okay, you know, it's maybe bad. you could say something like insurgency, um, <sighs> dangerous. But at the end of the day, too, that we, we what we have to do is we have to start coming back down to relying on what winning looks like. This is the problem. Uh, by the way, you know, look for an article in this in the upcoming edition of Concealment. Uh, but we're, but we're starting to, I think a good sign in our world right now in the United States is that we're reconsidering with Kyle Rittenhouse what winning looks like. Because if you had asked 10 years ago, an intellectual would have, would have said, you defended your life and you didn't go to prison and you didn't get broke. That's not good enough for me. Right. That's not good enough. In other words, when I, what I want to have, ha- what I think is right is that when you're in, when you attack, get attacked, defend yourself, you're recognized as doing the right thing. Well, I mean, I was reading, there was an article that said 99 out of, out of 100 prosecutors wouldn't bring charges against Rittenhouse because it's so, it's, yeah, it's, it's a yeah. question so, of law. So the, so the correct outcome is that if Kyle Rittenhouse gets acquitted, Binger gets debarred. 
He gets disbarred and banned from practicing law. Let because me. what he has shown is that not only does he not either either A, doesn't know the law that he's supposed to be practicing, or B, worse. And he's got malicious intent. Doesn't it's care. Malicious. Yeah. And I, so I, when you I, can, I wanna, because, and that's, and this goes back to the argument of bad actors, because the gun control, the gun rights people keep talk, we keep talking about, oh, how little do they know? How little did Alec Baldwin know? How little do these people know? I understand that there is a vast majority of people out there who have no idea what they're talking about in firearms. I know it. It doesn't make it do, what it doesn't do is it doesn't turn it into this like, well, I'm the I'm the technocracy. I get to tell you what to do with guns now. However, it should be considered culturally unacceptable to receive that kind of information from an activist who knows nothing that they're talking about. Right. I, w- I, w- I want to stress this point too. We need to have some optimism, and I think we are explaining it right here. When you look at that map of constitutional carry across the country expanding, not just constitutional carry, the the shall issue states, because in the 80s, it's mostly may issue. And over the past couple of decades, gun rights has been winning. Why? State level elections. People, you got to get also your state level reps, your state state senators, all that stuff. Because then in your state, look at how many, how many, like the constitutional carry just happens in Texas. And the joke was always Texas was gun country, but they actually, it was actually, it's fairly, they're it was actually fairly kind hard. of behind a lot of other states. For uh, Texas, you need to like take a training course to get a handgun. You got to get yeah. licensed and everything. And people, the joke on family guy was that when you, you buy whiskey, you get a free gun and he hands it to Brian. Like, no, 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 that actually is, 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 is just not, Texas is actually a bit more strict until now at the state level where they pass constitutional and carry. Do you want to know, uh, who was a was a group that actually tried to oppose constitutional carry and and this is where like I'm a big advocate of um you know the gun community like what is a community and we can talk about that but um a group that came out against constitutional carry were firearms instructors in Texas why <laughs> because they knew that if people weren't going to be forced to pay money to take their classes anymore they weren't going to be able to sell their classes and i say well that says more about your terrible instruction that yep. nobody would take it unless forced than it does that you think it should be required and so there is some policing that we have to do within our own community our own again community like what is that a community is a people with a shared sense of purpose or ideals and so we have to look at that and say you know you guys are not on the same page as we are and if you really aren't supporting uh, gun rights, then you're not part of the community. Just because you own a gun and because you're a NRA trained firearms instructor doesn't mean that you get the bigger picture and we have to be willing to call them out. And, and they did. I mean, those guys were lambasted on Twitter. We, we, uh, I posted a whole list of all the names of all these guys that came out against it. And I hope that they never teach another class again. I did two different firearms training courses for fun. I didn't get a certificate or anything. I wasn't doing it for concealed carry. I did it because I had a guy say, hey, we're doing a police firearms training. We're going to step through all the, all these different calibers of handguns. Do you want to come? And I was like, that sounds awesome. Yeah. It, and then they basically it's like, here's the guns. Here's this caliber, this caliber. I think it was like a, like a 22 and like a 9 millimeter went up to like, I think like a 45 or something. And they explained what to expect, what the gun is called. And then you get to shoot. Right. And Hit the targets. You've got instructors around you. I watched a guy pull out. Uh, I think he was he had an AR-15, 5.56 or whatever, and he's shooting. It's really loud, and we're we're like we're we're up very close to the targets because we're in like a training facility. And then he pulls out a shotgun, and it's just fun. 
It yeah, was fun it, to do. You want to get better at your craft. I mean, I you know I, I shoot a lot. Safe. I shoot pretty much every weekend. I probably shoot 50 to 60,000 rounds a year. I take all, I, I've, I've been training with Haley Strategic for the last, uh, three, four weeks, uh, almost every other weekend. I, I do a lot of competitive shooting and a lot of tactical training as well because, you know, I take it seriously. I, I want, God forbid I ever have to use that thing. I want to make sure that I am in the best possible. I want to be I, competent I, enough to know that I can make the decision yeah. when I want to. But And you won't hurt anyone else in the process. And, and, right. and I want to stress something, too. Aspect I, I, of it. I want to stress a very important point as to why so many people who have never uh, had, had owned a firearm, you, you want to go get training. Because I went to a range with a friend, and you want to know what they did right when they grabbed the gun for the you first time? Pointed it right at you. No, 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 no. They went like that. Uh, so oh, for they, those for those that are listening, put their hand behind the slide. You've got yeah. right. Uh, so right hand holding the gun. They put their left hand over their right. What's going to happen? The slide's going to go back and it's going to slice through your hand or worse, yeah, break at least bone. just jam the firearm at, at best. Yeah. yeah, I mean that's going. Uh, I've seen nasty videos. Sure. People, yeah. So so what, what happens is we're at a range and fortunately me and a few other people knew enough, but we're not experts. So when this person made the mistake of putting their left hand over the slide, we went, no, 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 stop, stop, yeah, stop, stop, stop. And they're like, why? And they were like, you have to hold it this way. And then, you know, I'm not pretending to be an expert, but they were fine. It's a self-correcting problem. It's unfortunate. Yeah, unfortunately. <laughs> yeah. I'm not saying, I'm not saying it's a gentle one. And I mean, that's, that's, that's the just, dark humor that we run into. You don't, if you've never driven a car before, you don't just go and sit in a car and go drive it. Granted, the difference yeah. between a car and a gun is that a gun is a right and a car is a privilege. Sure. That being said, a reasonable person says it's a dangerous to... object. I mean, it's, if, it's, if, 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 it's the if way it is. You're responsible for what comes out of that weapon. And so we were talking about this earlier about having a range in, in West Virginia, and the laws are fairly lax. And and I was like, I'm pretty sure the law is basically like you're allowed to shoot on your property, and if you hit someone, you go to jail. Right. You know, so like understand the responsibilities yeah. that mm-hmm. you have. So up on the uh, there's there's a mountain nearby, a small community. People shoot all the time. No one cares. Uh, I, I explain to people like this. I, I I you you've lived in New have have any of you lived in New York or you lived in a big city? I've been there. Yeah. You, you you you've you've been in big cities before, and people drive cars. Cars are dangerous. Cars can kill. But you've never expected anybody to just like ram Run their car into you. <laughs> Same thing as like when I'm in West Virginia and I see a guy walking around with a rifle or a handgun. I'm like. Yeah. Why am I worried about this guy yeah. at all? Yeah. People, people so when, we, we hear gunshots all the time out here and like a lot. And I, I just sit my coffee and I'm like, eh. The only way for this to continue to move forward is to continue to normalize gun ownership. You know, again, uh, 10, 15 years ago, if you were walking down the sidewalk and you were like, man, oh, somebody's smoking weed. Like, oh, jeez. <laughs> well, you know, you're like waiting for somebody to, you know, some crackhead to like pop out of the corner or something. Now it's just like, oh, man, you know, somebody's smoking weed. Like, it's no big deal. And same thing. If you walk into the store and all of a sudden, like, man, everybody's carrying a gun. It's just, you know, if we got 20 a- years ago, if you saw somebody walking down the street with a cell phone in their hand, staring down at it as they walked, you'd think like, God, that guy's a little weird. Nowadays, it doesn't even register in your brain because it's been normalized as a part of our human social real, interaction. Real that's quick, just, I, got a, I got a story that's basically that. Uh, up on the mountain, there's a public range where it's basically for hunting training, they call. That's what they say for, you know, whatever reason. I think <laughs> they have to. But there's like, it's just a space on the mountain where you can shoot. And I'm walking through the woods. I hear the gunshots. And I'm like, huh, I walk towards them. 
And then eventually I see the range and I see two guys and he's zeroing in, uh, you know, mini 14 or something. And I walk over. I'm like, hey, what's going on? I was like, I heard, I heard the shots and I came over to see what was happening. And he explained what he was doing. So it's like, you hear, you hear it happening in your area and you walk over and you're like, oh, cool. I wasn't like, oh, oh, oh I yeah, better hit yeah. the deck. I'm Preconditioned, like, right. Look, um, if, if, uh, but you got to understand the area you're in. During hunting season, they, they're like, yeah, don't walk towards the sound. <laughs> don't, don't go through yeah. the forest. And hunt. Right. But it wasn't hunting season, which means I knew people were at the range and I'm like, oh, I'm going to go walk towards the, the range and see what's up. There's a, there's a couple of really good lessons we can take from even how this conversation has paid off. And one of them is that when we're looking at the firearms, like firearms training as a whole, one thing that we, a lot of us millennials grew up with is we grew up with firearms in the home. Our parents taught us, or it was a long-term process. And so the first thing that we know is that learning how to be effective, well, learning how to be safe with a firearm doesn't take a, a lot of time. Knowing even the modicum more than your average leftist does not take a modicum amount of time to be sarcastic. But what we're reckoning, what we, even with these training classes, right, we're recognizing that it takes time. It is a time investment that's difficult. It's a learned skill. It's a, you, you do not pick it up and become decent in a week. It takes right. time. Practice. I, I, I spent, I spent time in the Army Rangers. After that, it took, I, I learned a lot there. After that, I learned more. And after that, it keeps going, right? And we know the whole perpetual student thing. It sounds nice. I agree with it. It's good, but I don't need to make a point on that one. What we have a lesson to learn is on what is that one of the things that the past generation brought into the gun industry, which they should not have, is infinite, endless suspicion. If I go to a range, I've got... Tattoo, uh, you know, I've got some tattoos. I'm not as tattooed as other people are. I think I'm getting that <laughs> solved soon. Um, just kidding. Uh, <laughs> but you, sh- you know, it, there are, there are ranges in my home state that you can show up to outdoor ranges where there's nobody there. If you show up with a plate carrier and AR-15 and targets that you set up and you start moving and shooting, an old man will come out and yell at you for one of those. I don't see why you need one of those for hunting people. Yep. And the the problem of the response is nine times out of well, I'm sorry. Every single time in probably since I've been alive, I can outshoot this person. Yep. He's carrying – he's probably – you know, like – and so we, we can argue against this cultural difference. And there's this thing, the joke, the FUDs. It's a gun culture. Elmer Fudd. Elmer Fudd. The, the in, in gun culture, the term FUD means an outdated kind of past yeah, time. Past his prime. You know, oh, I'm a two world wars. Yeah. Uh, sometimes sometimes we – you know, there's a, there's a certain friend of mine that refers to them as a non-threat because <laughs> – <laughs> You've got a great attitude, but you're not dangerous, dude. Yeah. You're the kind of guy who you like. And our, our objective is not to be predators in the sense, even though we'll use that language. Our objective is not so much to be predators, but in the words of a wiser man than me, Jordan Peterson, a good man is not a harmless man, mm-hmm. but a man who is dangerous and has it under control. Yep. And I think that that sounds really good. And I really that needs to be explored a lot because a free people are not a harmless people. Because you don't own a gun, because you don't know how to shoot somebody, does not mean you're not capable of genocide. Yep. The, the the fact of the matter that we live in our country with people like Binger is that there is something, whether it's the grace of God. This is the first time I've been on. We didn't get into a theological conversation. Um, <laughs> we'll see if the super chat fixes that. But this is the, but it is by the grace of God and or something else that the petty tyrants that have con- constitu- constituted this country have been held at bay. 
and it's the actions of people like Binger. It is the attempt to go after somebody for if if he's acquitted. Uh, uh, the attempt of people to go after Kyle for acting in self-defense. The only thing that people are accusing Kyle of being is effective. Right. That's right. It, because like in all those other instances where people were brutalized by writers, their mm-hmm. stories were completely ignored. There, there was, there, there's a meme about this where uh, the Trump supporters post it where it's like didn't fight back, didn't fight back, fought back. And it's people brutally – there was the guy in Portland who Beating got the full, the full punt. He yep. was running, and then they tripped him, and then ran up, and then full force kicked him in the head. Yep. There was the guy who um, I think he had a sword, and they just stomped him out. He's all twisted and lying on the ground. And those stories weren't relevant to people. Nothing, right? But we got to go to super chats. We got to go to super chats, and I will say uh, one thing just to start. I tweeted this out. All of the leftists who are now saying they realized they were wrong about Kyle Rittenhouse, and I mean this with all sincerity, should chip into his legal defense. Yes, absolutely. Uh, uh, right. I, I mean that's Mike Lindell was the one guy. That stepped up and did it. And you can say a lot of things about Mike Lindell. Uh, I'd prefer a different brand pillow. That's fine. But uh, <laughs> he stepped. I mean, it's not a bad. I just, you know, I have a different preference. But he stepped up right away. And, uh, you know, he was a man of his word. Let's read some super chats. We got Jeremiah Dobler. He says, it's one blurry frame of 30 shot in that second. If I was a juror, I would consider that this the prosecution throwing a Hail Mary to confuse the jury. You never know how juries are going to go, though. So hopefully they realize what that is. And they, I, I, I'm wondering if the defense let it slide because they were like, this will offend the jury. Because you might have jurors being like, how dare you try and call me stupid? Hmm. And jurors might just be like, Mm-mm. but we will see, man. We will see. All right. Let's see what we have here in the old Super Chats. Axel Thunderpaw says Kavanaugh's trial was an attack on due process. Rittenhouse's trial is an attack on the right of self-defense. Correct. And yep. they keep they keep doing it. They keep doing it. They want to take away your right of self-defense. Yeah, so long as it's so long as it's against their ideology, you have. This is why. This is why we have the the mistake. We make the mistake all the time. Are they? Are is it ignorance or is it malice? Well, in the case of Alec Baldwin, it doesn't matter. He killed somebody, right? But in the case of what we're dealing with here, you can also look at it. The their malice is what informs their ignorance. Right. When people want to disarm your guns, they see you as their property. It's it's just so you know what one of the really annoying things to me is uh, how you know even out here people just are ignorant and terrified of guns like they look at it like kryptonite or radioactive you know, oh and it's like listen everything here is kept safely stored properly don't touch it if you don't want to touch it but the problem is there are people who get scared and then think they have to do something with a firearm that's stored properly because they don't like the fact that it exists in a space. It's yep. like, yo, that's a gun safe. You don't need to cover it or move it or hide it. You can't open it. It's bolted there. Calm down. Yep. But well, it's really annoying. It man. also becomes a cyclical problem. So you in, you institute gun control in your city. And what happens? Crime goes down. Oh, look, it works. More gun control. You institute gun control in your city. Crime goes up. Well, obviously we didn't do enough gun control. Right, right. And yeah, it, that's why it is, it is, it is like putting a microphone up to the speaker and cranking it up. It's just a positive feedback loop. Yeah. I'm not going to say that it is, I'm not going to say that it is the most egregious thing, but it, it needs to be addressed as supporting gun control in this sort of cyclical fashion is mental. Yeah. You got to teach kids how to handle the weapons so yes. that they have control 
of the gun. Well, they used to do that. That is gun control. In the 50s and 60s, there are, uh, there are public schools in Detroit that had shooting ranges in the basements. You think you can't hold someone accountable if they don't know? That's the most foolish idea that you can have. If they're stupid, then they, then they can't be held accountable. This is a, a lie that people will ingrain. They will say, I will make myself weak so I don't have to deal with the responsibility of strength. And what did they do? Oh, I don't know. Genocide. I want to. I want to read a super chat, but I'm going to read a YouTube rule first, just so that we're all clear. <laughs> this is important. Cool. YouTube cool. says that if you're posting content, don't post content that sells firearms or certain firearm accessories through direct sales, or post links to sites that sell these items, which include accessories that enable a firearm to simulate automatic fire, accessories that convert a firearm to automatic fire, high capacity magazines or belts carrying more than 30 rounds. And don't provide instructions on manufacturing firearms, ammo, high-capacity magazines, homemade silencers, accessories that enable a firearm to simulate automated fire, accessories that convert a firearm to automatic fire. Don't provide instructions on how to convert them. Don't provide instructions on how to install the above-mentioned accessory modifications. That's going to be a great question. The reason – no, 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 no. It's because of you. Uh, I, I, uh, sure. Because I want to I make sure that we state the rule very clearly because I believe it states we're allowed to mention Phoenix Ammunition. Uh, Jeff says, I have shot a few thousand rounds of Phoenix ammo. Not a single misfire yet. Good job. Yes. Free Kyle. James Thank O'Keefe you. is a hero. Let's go, Brandon. The reason I read the rules, I want to make sure it's very, very clear. I think we all read it, and it says nothing about websites that sell ammunition. Sure. That being said, yeah. someone complimented your ammunition. So Thank you, sir. Just wanted Appreciate to make sure that. that was clear so that, uh, I don't know, someone at YouTube might be like, don't care, and hit the axe button or whatever, but, you know. I actually, I'm pretty sure those rules just said don't break the law because they made bump stocks illegal in a, anyway, right? I, there I, are there are other for sure for such sure. devices available, and we won't explain those. No, we won't. I would <laughs> I would love to. No, no, no. Uh, and actually, that's going to be a great. Uh, theoretically, could be a great uh, lawsuit coming up. They 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 actually interestingly they have a special live stream rule where you can't do any kind of video at all live with firearms. Yeah, I think that has more to do with the potential for an accident in which YouTube panics. I think they they don't want somebody dying live on TV. Right, right, exactly, exactly. And so they're just like, we'll just not allow any of it. But their rule is that you can brandish and bear arms in the appropriate location. So if you're in a gun store, you can actually pick yeah. up a weapon, film it. Right. If you're in a range, you can do it. But like, what they don't want is people playing with weapons in their bedrooms. I actually... Uh, Sounds I, like we need to repurpose uh, the studio here into a, a into gun a full range. range. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I don't think that's a bad rule for YouTube. You don't want kids acting stupid. and do, You know, you've seen those videos where people will, like, point the weapon at the camera and do really dumb stuff. So not allowing kids to do things like that. I'm, I should say kids, anyone. You mean all the rap videos on YouTube? When they, yeah. When they right. did well, to be, to be fair, hold on. This is America with uh, Donald Glover. He legit picks up a weapon and fires yeah, at people. Yeah. And they're like, that's okay. Yep. You know what, man? Anyway, See that I was going. I was going to go to the music video question right away right. because I mean it's a, it's a, it's accepted music videos. The problem is that they're gonna they're not going to be able to stray between art and reality. Yeah, and, I mean, yeah. I, I mean, imagine being a camera guy for for that thing. Oh. I mean, I would poop my pants like ah, stop pointing the guns at me. Well, I mean, they have robotic cameras. <laughs> I highly doubt they're not. using robotic cameras. Well, in those, maybe not in those, those, in those music the, videos. I've seen yeah. the production quality. I, they do not have robotic. <laughs> no, <laughs> I gotta, I gotta read this. Uh, well, actually, there's, there's, here's another one. I gotta read this. Dragon Lady says that artwork of Tim's is better than what Hunter Biden is selling for half a mil. Very true. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, what you have right here. Listen, listen. Kyle so, Rittenhouse. This is a single piece of paper. It is a picture that depicts Kyle Rittenhouse right there. Pointing, that is a, not a boomerang, that is a handgun, <laughs> at two individuals. And it is a picture, you can see. And on the other side, 
There is a timestamp note from one of our episodes where we produce a segment, but you can see here, this is an angry ADA binger pointing a gun at Kyle Rittenhouse. Now, this, this double-sided picture will be available both as an NFT and an auction starting at $500,000. Now, when you tell someone that Tim Pool has a picture of Kyle Rittenhouse pointing a weapon at somebody, maybe they'll spend $500,000 on this crudely drawn <laughs> stick figure that I've made on a piece of notebook paper. I will confirm that your drawing is a type of picture. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Movement to uh, dismiss. Uh, I, I really, really yeah. want to clarify for the sake of people who aren't seeing the video. It is a torn piece of notebook paper with stick figures on it. It is not a, a photograph pad. or anything yeah. like Literally that. Literally nothing. But we can yeah. add, we'll actually, we'll, I'll put it up on the website for an auction. You it can buy this. It is from a legal pad. And it is it's from a legal yeah. pad. It's the original. <laughs> All right. This one's good. Alex Elkin says Baldwin. Married man accidentally kills woman who he is just friends with and yes. goes to dinner with occasionally. Really weird. I've seen enough true crime episodes. I gotta be Sounds honest. Sounds like a Kennedy. This is what, yeah. what I've been saying from the, from, you know, since the past week or so. The Alec Baldwin story, the first news we got was that it was a blank. It misfired. Shrapnel hit the woman. And now we know the actual story is Alec Baldwin drew a, a single action revolver. Pulled the hammer, pointed it at the camera where the woman was working, pulled the trigger, fired it. hitting her in the chest and killing yeah. her. So when you start from that point, then you start you have to start asking questions about potential motive. You don't just go, it's an accident, case dismissed. No, no it, we we I mean we all know it won't go anywhere. He is an actor. Maybe he's acting the part of being an accident. I think yeah. so. That's what I came up with. I, I think I think that right now, with all the data in front of us, there was another witness who came out and said the scene did not call for him to fire the gun. That means to pull the hammer back and pull the trigger in a scene that didn't call for it, according to a witness, we have to we have to start not with an assumption of a- an accident. That makes no sense. Right. Gross None whatsoever. Gross negligence makes no sense either. If we're approaching this objectively with the in- information presented before us, we have a, a homicide. And we approach it from the position of Alec Baldwin pulled the gun and shot a woman. Did he have motive? How did the, where did he get the gun? What happened? And then if we go through the information and it's determined the gun was accidentally loaded and not checked, then we can get to that conclusion. But for the time being, you got to make a lot of assumptions to believe sure. it was an accident. That's the fair. armorer screwed up. The assistant director screwed up. And Alec Baldwin with four decades of firearms training just overlooked all of his training in a scene that didn't call for shooting someone and shot someone. I, I know I keep, we, we, we say it too much. We bring it up like we brought it up like five times in the past, you know, few episodes. So let's read more super chats. Cleggy says, actually, no, 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 we'll, we'll read that one next. Alan says, as a cop, this trial scares me more than anything. I think when you see cops go on the stand and side against the, the, the kid that they were cheering for, when Kyle Rittenhouse showed up, the police thanked him. Yeah. And now those same police are trying to put him in prison forever. So, yeah. Cleggy says, Starbucks recently sent a memo to their employees stating they fully intend to comply with Biden's OSHA mandate effective on January 4th. And on an unrelated note, you guys taking applications? Mm. Uh, jobs at timcast.com but I'll be honest there's like 20,000 emails in there yeah I mean I I posted the day that they said that they were going to try to enforce that on small businesses I said if you guys want this place to look like Ruby Ridge go right ahead but there's no way I mean I know that maybe three of my guys have been vaccinated I am not and I don't, I, well, uh, I don't let, care let me, one way or the other but there's just no way that you can force a small business to do it and I'll just say this it's unconstitutional it will be found unconstitutional. And the reason it keeps getting pushed back is because they know they can't actually enforce it. So I don't, I, I think for yeah. the most part, 
They're just trying to trick people. It's just noise. Yeah. They're trying to trick you into being businesses to be like, I guess you have to do it, but eventually this won't end up happening. We'll see, though. We'll see, though. I don't trust the government. So let's read some more. Nick Neal says the only argument offered by the prosecution is to tell the judge not to believe his eyes and disregard the evidence. Agenda over law. Mm-hmm. Yep. William Knoll says the Zeminskis are not even in the altered picture. So even if Kyle was aiming his rifle, who knows who or what he would be aiming at? And the prosecution said this. He was like, who's he pointing the gun at? And he goes, Zeminski. And where is he? Well, he's not in the picture. What's they that? literally said that. Uh, uh, maybe the defense is like the jury will be offended by that attempt. Mm-hmm. And they, they, they might, because they're offended, just be like, yeah. get out of here. See no, through it you know. so blindly. All right. What is it? Itachi revived. Oh, interesting. It says, prosecution goes first. Burden of proof. Two and a half hours each argument. Don't make me waste five bucks again, Tim. Thank you for your five dollars. It's Canadian five dollars, <laughs> though, so let's yeah, be it's real. Like, like two three, bucks. Three fifty, maybe? <laughs> yeah. All right. Locked and loaded Latino says, Justin's great. At Maj Touré's Solutionary Summit, my wife and I interviewed him, Eric July, Kim Klasik, Olivia Rondau, and Larry Sharp for our channel. Felt like a TimCast IRL alumni series. Very you, Lids, cool. Ian, and Luke are always welcome. On, yeah, right on. Those were uh, they're 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 a great couple. There was just an unbelievable <clears throat> amount of people. It was kind of funny, like talking to Eric July. I was like, man, I listen to your stuff all the time. I don't know literally nothing about comic books, so I skip all of those <laughs> and I just go right to the political ones. Yeah, <laughs> great. this is an important one. Andrew Goodman says, "Are you guys aware of the Steve Bannon indictment?" Yes. Here's the thing with the Bannon indictment. You know, we, we, we actually considered talking about it. We have the story. We have Mark Meadows as well. But it's actually not that big of a political scandal for the most part. It is. It definitely is. And it's an abuse of power. But the story is very simple. Steve Bannon said, I'm not going to comply with the subpoena. And so they're indicting him over it. And for now, that's it. We'll see if he actually, we'll see what actually happens with it. We'll see what he does. We'll see what happens with Mark Meadows. For the time being, we expected this. It, it happened. That's the big, you know, takeaway from it. It's an abuse of power. We'll probably end up talking about it in the next week or so as we get more details on what's happening. Charles Balyozian. It's a shame Rittenhouse will be railroaded by the jury. Seeing the panel of lawyers beg the defense to object to anything makes me feel like Kyle's representation lacks ability to stand in spot in spotlight. Don't blame Barnes for leaving team. I think the defense did a fairly good job, but fairly good is not great. Yeah, yeah, and you can only do so much. For the gravity of the case, I think. Like it's it it it, it do, it's not to cut them off hook, but you're still playing it. You're playing a, an unfair game. If Binger if if Binger's allowed to do what he's doing, if the culture is allowed to do what they're doing, if people are allowed to bring if if Binger is allowed to act the way he is with impunity, no one's no one's you know he's not. Yeah. I give it politically, people are lambasting him. But the fact is that he's – you said it earlier this week, which was the worst black pill morning of my week, was uh, Binger's going to be a judge in 10 years. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So like – and if you want to go back to the question of what winning looks like, it's – okay, let's, let, let us actually start a fund to have him fired. Completely. Oh, let, uh, sue him, challenge, all that stuff. But it'll never happen. Even if even if he he committed I, constitutional violations, I they slap on the wrist. I don't I don't agree with. I don't think it can never happen. I don't think nihilism. Sure. I do not think nihilism is a good worldview. I, th- I the, the the firearms community has given in a nihilism for so long, saying, "Well, there's nothing we can do about them." Kind of do the da, 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 right. And so this is why, in certain measures, we've seen things encroaching, like the bump stock rate, the bump stocks, and the braces, and all this other kind of stuff. Like, look, in our generation, our generation. We could see not. We probably would not be able to see the ATF over, 
completely abolished. But we could see, <laughs> in our generation, we could very well see large elements of the NFA completely removed. I'll, I'll hear I'd that. Like, I'd like to think so. I'm not, I'm not saying that it's going to happen, but it is a reality. Theoretically. I'll echo your sentiment on nihilism, man. If you're, and if you can make your enemy become nihilistic, you can smear them out. They're, they're yeah. done. So That's true. Do not become nihilistic. Yeah. Let me read this one. This is good from K. Brian 419. He says, my employer, Ohio Health, just issued an email stating if we are not fully vaccinated by January 12th, we will be considered resigned from our position, not fired. Mm. Uh, here's what I would say. There was, a, there, was a, there was a viral TikTok video where the, where this guy said, if you are required to do something for work, they have to cover the cost of whatever that requirement may be or compensate you. For instance, if you're required for overtime, they have to give you time and a half, for instance, in most instances, or they're required to at least pay you. A vaccine is a permanent change to your life. So if they want to have, if they issue a workplace requirement that is vaccination, that means you are required to be vaccinated 24-7. That means outside of work, which means they got to pay you 24-7. Hmm. I think there's actually... Um, it's a it's a funny argument. They'll argue against it's it. It's a permanent risk. Yeah. It's a bit it's of a an ontological so, argument. Yeah. So I would actually argue this: if your workplace instructs you that you have to be vaccinated, it's very simple. Get a very sim uh, a very simple contract drafted and say thank you so much for doing the vaccine mandates, and then say just please sign this medical form, which states if any injury or negative or adverse event arises due to the vaccine at any point in my life due to the permanent medical procedure, company assumes all risk. In the event company dissolves, is sold, the name changes, or otherwise, the new owners or the prior prior members of the of the corporation liability. assume all liability for a medical procedure. And then when they refuse to sign it, you can say, "Hey, hey, hey! I said I'll get vaccinated, but they are refusing." I'm not kidding about doing that. Uh, there was a there not was a bad a, idea. There was a um, uh, originally, I believe the CDC or OSHA actually said employers who require medical treatments as a workplace condition, assume all liability for that, for that condition. Make sure your employer signs off on that form. And if they say no, say, do you think vaccines are unsafe? And then if they refuse to sign it, call them an anti-vaxxer. And then, and then <laughs> I'm not, you think I'm joking? No, I, it, it's great. Because. Put it right back on them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, they have to assume the liability for forcing a medical procedure right. on you. And, and then why wouldn't they sign it? Sure. You, you, then, then, I, man, I, if yeah. it were me. By you not signing it, you tell me that you don't believe, believe in the science. In the science. Yeah. Right. You don't and believe then, Dr. Fauci. Yeah. And then at that point, if they refuse to sign it, I would file a lawsuit and say, if they believe it's unsafe and they're mandating employees to do it, like that is them creating yeah. a workplace risk they yeah. must be held yeah. liable OSHA for. OSHA should be coming yep. after them. Well, there's a right. lot of lawsuits like that currently underway and there's a lot of people not complying with these vax mandates and they get to keep their jobs. So, the, you know, it depends on the situation, depends on the person, but uh, there's a lot of different interesting cases happening right now. All right. Let's, uh, we'll read some more. Ardwick says, the root of the problem is the judge said this is not a political trial. He's wrong. Mm. To the mainstream, everything is political and they act accordingly. We need to stop thinking like this. And the problem is the judge with his God bless the USA. I, I said this the other day <laughs> is, is ringtone. The, that, that shows he will be biased in favor of the left. The judge in this case, based on loving America, is biased in favor of the left. Yes. That's a fact. Because he will give advantage. them grace for their, their, he will give them grace for their malpractice. He literally stated, I yep. don't believe you are acting in good faith, the prosecutor, and then said, but I'm going to allow you to admit evidence I don't understand. I'm going to allow you to continue a trial after you've committed grave constitutional violations. Why? Because he believes, believes. in right. the, as you believes. just said, the regalia and decorum of the of court. The, of the court. Yeah. Instead of saying you have violated the constitution.
Constitution. You have violated the good graces of this court. You have violated my rulings. I hereby rule a mistrial with prejudice. Yeah. That's what he would say if he really believed in America. You do not come into my court and subvert our legal and judicial system, which has been crafted and precedence has been set and laws have been written and you sought to destroy this. No. Because you cannot have a fair trial for Kyle Rittenhouse, there will not be one. He is free to go. Yep, because this is not an issue of Neoplatonism where if they knew the right things, they would do the right things. This is Old Testament Amos. They, what you call good, they call evil. Yep. This is the, 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 I was listening to the show a little bit last night and this is kind of that conversation on, on the idea. Unfortunately, some people's first discovery of evil is when it's, when it's causing grave bodily harm to them. The first time, the, the, the idea that I understand that we want to give grace, this cultural concept that we have in America, that we want to give grace to other people saying, oh, he just doesn't know something. I understand that. There is genuine evil in the world. And at some point, negligence, when you seize its position of power and you accept that responsibility and then you prove negligent, you need to be held responsible regardless of intention. Take the example of the generals who, who, who led over Afghanistan, Right. There, it takes a certain amount of gall to go before the American people and say, see that cratering death that's going on over there? Yeah, worked see, out great. It, it was, it's, a, it's a success. I understand there's a thing called finding a silver lining, mm-hmm. but like, uh, uh, there's a difference between finding a silver lining in something and then calling something that is catastrophic as good. Right? If I make an error in publishing, you know what? I, I, I need to be censured, addressed for it. I need, right? If I publish false information, I know that we give some grace to that subject, right? But if I, if I literally go online, if I go publish in a, in our publication and say, Egregious error. this firearm is a safe firearm when I know with a fact that it will cause grave bodily harm for the person intending to use it. I know it's a defective problem. We don't say that that's just okay. So when Binger, when, when you're, when you have somebody, we have to go back to understanding that there's a difference. Some people just are ignorant, right? They think that Django Unchained is an accurate description of that, firearms. That scene <laughs> where he, he points the woman and pulls the trigger and then she flies sideways. Yep. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know Quentin Tarantino did that on purpose. Oh, yeah. It's hilarious. It's yeah. just it's silly. It's right. so good. Exactly. Right. This, I got a really good super chat here. This is really important. Brighton Grow says the judge may be coloring the water with the gun charge. Rittenhouse being convicted for the gun charge show the jury's tainted. Then he'd interject. I think that's pie in the sky thinking. That's like 40 chess to me. I just don't think that he's going to be playing around right. with something this important. That but uh, for those that aren't familiar with coloring the water, I love this concept. Right. Imagine there are four glasses of water on, on, on a table and there is a pool of water beneath them meaning there is a leak coming from one of these glasses or more, and you don't know yeah. which one. So you put red, green, blue, and orange in each glass, and then whatever color on, uh, whatever color the water on the table turns to, you know where the leak is coming from. Sure. So basically what they're arguing is the judge puts a poison pill into the jury, yeah. the gun charge, which is clearly, as a matter of law, not applicable to Kyle Rittenhouse. If the jury is politically biased or biased yeah. or just doesn't want to take the time to actually go through the law and they come back, this reminds me of that band, and I always forget the one 
where they demanded brown M&Ms in their dressing room. Van Halen, wasn't it? Is it Van Halen? M&Ms? Yeah. Yeah, they had red, a And it was just a matter of making sure that they read the entire contract. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. The, everyone thought yeah. it was divas being like, I only yeah. eat red M&Ms. But actually, they said, we'll put something seemingly innocuous right in the middle. Yeah. And if we don't get it, we know they didn't read the contract. Yes, because they'd had a huge accident at one of their events where they had talked to the, the stage manager and they let the stage collapse or something. People end mm. up being seriously hurt or dying. So this is incredibly yep. important to them. They Tra- said, we Travis need... Scott? Oh, uh, yeah. No, 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 no. They no, said, no. they said like, the, the stage needs to hold a certain amount of weight. And then it didn't. So right. they were like, let's make sure they do the stupidest, most innocuous thing imaginable. I don't think the judge is doing that. But I do think the judge is holding in his back pocket a directed verdict and a mistrial with prejudice. Because he said, I will take it under advisement. He really wants the jury to rule on this one. I also think he is in his 70s. He might be like, no, as a matter of law, I'm, I'm issuing a directed verdict and throwing that out. Oh, boy. I, yeah, I, I <laughs> lose their minds if that But happens. I mean, but I, I, this is, this is a good strategy too, though. So like, if we're <laughs> looking at it this way, if, if the, if the judge, if the, if the verdict comes out one way or another that the, um, that, the, that Kyle Rittenhouse is acquitted, the, the, we need to make sure that we, we play a smart game here is you need to let the bad actors act. Right? You yeah. know, let the bad actors act. It's kind of like, you know, kind of the whole Antifa strategy. We create a little bit of, we may, I provoke a reaction from you and I get him to film it yeah. and they only see your reaction. Mm-hmm. Right? So it, I'm not saying that we need to play the, the, the devil by his own game. We need to make sure that their game is visible. Sure. Right? That's that's it's, it's be smart to it. Yeah, be right? smart. Mm-hmm. Don't, I, I'm not letting anybody come and burn down my house, but I'm not going to go you know, throw on my kit and, you know, protect the shopping mall down the, down yeah. the street at, yeah, I, at I, this time. You know, my business, yes. But, it's, yeah, it's, you know, yeah. the, if you're it, – there, there, there might be something to be said is that if, you know, let's just say um, the people, the, the malicious actors who have studied it online, and you can find them if you want to, have already stated that they are trying to dox the jurors. It's a crime. Yeah. All right? Some of them should be charged and pursued as domestic terrorists. Understandably. However, one of the things that we can see now is, all right, if the state is not going to protect the jurors, the people better. Sure. Because the, the people better. They're they, threatening the jury. Yeah. And they're it, threightening the judge. Hopefully not, their neighbors are willing to. I mean, I, there are good up. men in this world that you can talk to. There are good men out there who are, you're a juror and you're being threatened. This, this is a very uh, important moment to, to consider. If come uh, Monday, they do the closing arguments. If we get a speedy verdict and they say guilty on all counts, you know it's broken, mm. and then we're in yeah. trouble. That's the worst possible outcome because you will just have yeah. cultural nihilism. Yep. The entire there. I think that would that would precipitate the collapse of this country. Well, that's yes. that's when you need Which to start reading industrial society in its future and taking it seriously. I think the states would would rip apart. I, I think I, th- I think Texas and Florida Florida's like you know stand your ground. I like, th- we will not allow that culture to persist here. I think the people that looked at this case saying, I hope there's at least a semblance of, of law and order or justice in this world, will become masked vigilantes enacting violence. And you look at the crime in San Francisco. You look in Connecticut. Oh, boy. I'm going I to get this next super chat from Frankie Sherritt. Tim, I love the show in Cast Castle. Is the show hosted at the Cast Castle? Also, I'm always curious when watching how many people live at the Cast Castle. I'm so intrigued by it all. In fact, only like three people actually live here. Four, actually. <laughs> Uh, that's yes. Uh, most people just drive to work. It's 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 yeah, it's, like it's, it's a big office do. building. <laughs> One room, the room behind us, is all covered in plastic for construction. 
There's like office chairs and computers for editing. There's like reception area. It's a business. Careful in there. There might be splinters on the floor. I stepped on one. Oof. Yeah, watch, yeah watch well, we got feet. a lot of construction because we're, 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 we're putting in more office space and stuff like that. And, uh, yes, this is the Cast Castle. This is where we, where we do the show, but we are setting up Free Damistan, which has got much bigger acreage. We're going to build a new building and we might actually, I'm not completely sure, but I believe we'll re- relocate everything. The, uh, the core functions of the business as we expand and do new shows is going to be based at Free Damistan. So with like, uh, Tales from the Inverted World, and we're doing a new pop culture show that hasn't been announced yet, um, but it's actually all put together and functioning, and we have, like, test runs going. Those will probably be recorded at a different location, and we're going to start expanding at Freedomistan, you know, recording areas and sports and, you know, video games and all that stuff, because there's more acreage. So this this place is great. It's big, but we don't have so much land, so we, we got more land, so... That's coming soon. Let's just grab a couple more uh, super chats here because it's, it's getting late. We got, I got to get up at 5 a.m. We're flying to Austin. Mm-hmm. All right. Let's see. Ghost Crusader says, Tim, there are four lights. <laughs> you guys get that one. Jack Posobiec tweeted that out too. Classic line from Star Trek. And uh, let's see. Uh, we'll grab one more. Let's do a good one. Plants Rock says, I am terrified that the jury will feel pressured to convict Kyle even if the prosecution's case is weak AF. I'm hesitant to fully trust them. And I agree. Yeah. With with reports of emails coming in and threats coming in, someone was filming the jury. And the judge just was like, oh, we'll make sure it doesn't happen again. And it's like, oh, they deleted the footage. No, they didn't. You can't delete footage. Yeah. If, if I delete a photo off my phone, I can download an app and get it right back in two seconds. So I hope people are, are um, I hope you're prepared. You might not expect they could come back and say guilty on all counts. And we will all be surprised. Even these progressives who are like, I was wrong. Considering their change of heart, we'll see. With that being said, my friends, make sure you smash the like button because you should. Subscribe to this channel. Subscribe. uh, Become a member over at TimCast.com. We're flying to Austin next week, and it's going to be so much fun because there are many people in and around Austin that we're going to be hanging out with. And we're doing our show for the first time for the week in the mobile production studio. Literally just an RV. Uh, it's a fifth wheel RV that we set up cameras and got everything going. It actually looks pretty nice. I'm, I'm actually impressed. We should put some like, you know, art up on it, but it looks pretty good. And this is a trial run because we're going to, we're planning on doing trips once a month for about a week. So in, I think we're going to Florida in March. We're going to New Hampshire in June. We're going to Nashville in, in January. We got to figure out what's going on for February. But then for a week out of every month, we're going to do a show on location in various cities with specific guests from those locations for events like the Bitcoin conference or Porkfest. It's going to be a lot of fun. So follow the show everywhere. Follow Timcast IRL on Instagram because we put up clips. You can follow me personally at TimCast basically everywhere. Do you guys want to shout out anything? Yeah, sure. So I'm, again, Forrest Cooper with Recoil Magazine. Like I said at the beginning, if you go to recoilweb.com slash timpool, you get 25% off an annual subscription for our magazine. You can see a lot of these cool things that we get to uh, put and, our time And that in. is a, a news information magazine, not a... Not a what? Pew Not pew. a magazine for a firearm. No, 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 no. It is a fi- it is a cult- firearms culture magazine. Actually, we are cultured. You can follow me at Instagram. My Instagram handle is at foxrow underscore actual. Uh, no, act, act, I changed it or did it. I not change it. Uh, it's foxrow underscore official. official. Yeah. How do you spell that? Fox f o x r o e underscore official. That is my my um. Instagram, Instagram. and then <laughs> that's kind of it for now. Follow Recoil uh, Recoil Magazine is on um, Instagram as well. Cool. Yeah, again, I'm Justin with uh, Phoenix Ammunition. Our uh, website, phoenixammo.com. You can follow me on Twitter at uh, Phoenix Ammunition. F E N I X. 
F E N I X. That's right. And uh, you, you, you had that famous moment where you said, "Did you vote for Joe Biden?" Yeah. Now it says, "Is Kyle Rittenhouse uh, innocent?" <laughs> <laughs> so, and what happens if oh, you say what, what happens if you say he's not? It sends you to Joe Biden's gun control. <laughs> website. And That's great. Remember to get training, guys. Uh, as as Travis Haley said uh, a couple weeks ago to me, however you practice dying is exactly how you'll die. Mm. Wow. We were just practicing earlier, and uh, I thought what you guys had to say was important, so I shut up more than I usually did. <laughs> so uh, thanks so much for coming. I'm gonna. I think I'm gonna start a night vision fund on wearechange.org forward so slash donate. Yeah. So Good I'm idea. very jealous of everything. But but seriously. Obviously, one of the best things you could do for me is go on enoughofcensorship.com and sign up on my free email list. doesn't cost you anything, but it's one way to get rid of the middleman, the big tech technocrats. No one stands in the way of us being able to email together. Enoughofcensorship.com is the website. Just put it in there, and it means the world to me. Oh, gosh. Happy to be here, too, Ian Crossland. You can follow me at iancrossland.net. Hit me up. Uh, subscribe to my channel on YouTube. You hit me up on Twitter, uh, Facebook, and Minds, Instagram, all that. Great to have you guys here. I hope that you guys all learned something interesting about guns tonight. And I was wrong about the M&Ms. It is brown M&Ms, not red M&Ms. I said brown. I know. I am correct. Tim was correct. I fact-checked myself because I wasn't sure, but it was Van Halen. And they right. did have that accident. So you guys can follow me on Twitter at Sarah Patch Lids. Make sure you check out YouTube.com slash Cast Castle because I'm fairly certain they're filming their road trip. So what's happening is we have an advanced crew bringing the mobile production center to Austin. Because we have to work, and it's like a 24-hour drive. Now that they're just arriving, we can then fly in and be right there and ready. Otherwise, we wouldn't have been able to make a trip like that. So the crew for the show has to fly so we can get there quickly enough. But we, I think I think they vlogged the, the trip, which is probably just driving straight through. So I don't know. Check it out anyway. The vlog will be fun. And then we're going to have the vlog from Austin. And I think you guys know who live who, who lives in Austin. There's a handful of people, cool some people. you know, some conspiracy theorists perhaps who believe that Thomas Jefferson was a part of the Illuminati. <laughs> who you told know what you I that? mean? There's Elon Musk Turn also there. Uh, oh know. yeah, we'll you hang get, out with you him. Get, you can hit us up, Elon. Elon, Elon what's going on, man? We got some serious to questions we got to ask you. So that being said, thanks yeah, for I hanging know. out on this Friday <laughs> night with all of us, and uh, we're going to be back officially Monday in our mobile production studio in Austin. We'll see you there. Thanks for hanging out. Bye guys. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.